party. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Nobody cares. So why would you start with a hockey thing anyway? We got this. It's not a hockey thing. Stuff. It's a gambling oh, thing. Get out. Oh, that's right. That's your. I forgot. That's your business. Sorry. Yeah. It was a gambling thing. How about that though? What Wayne, Wayne Gretzky's, Gretzky's wife? wife is betting football. Well, it seems like a lot of guys' wives are in uh, deep doo doo these days. No. I don't know. Or oh, we're not talking about that. Talking about what? Who about can say? Thing? I just got back off a plane. I have no idea what you're talking Get about. Get out of here. We're not, there's, uh, we're not talking about the manager situation with his wife and his kid in the bar? Oh, boys will be boys. Oh. <laughs> yeah, especially his boys. I really, uh, I didn't hear anything about it until halfway through the show. Somebody called me and said, this is what happened. Well, I'll tell you one thing. It must be a really big story because nobody anywhere has written one word about it. So, you know, one of those little barroom things that happens, and somebody made some unflattering comment about the wife, and the kids took exception to it. And being the ill-bred people that they are, they got into a big brawl. Whatever. Uh, I would say good for the kid. Well, it all depends on the circumstances, you know. Uh, maybe you, I don't know I, what maybe was said. I don't know anything about were, the story. When you were at IOD, you weren't there during the daytime. You were working at night. So oh, I remember those kids. Oh, boy. <laughs> but those kids have grown up okay. If it wasn't tied down, man, they were yeah, on top they, of it they and were, destroying it. They and, were rough uh, little kids. But wow. you know what? They grew up okay. No, I heard they grew up big. They became gigantic, but they still are. pretty much the same. But, but I don't know. That's right. I'm sure that uh, Mr. Mad Dog will talk about it this afternoon. He'll he'll have the inside dope. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah. Yes! Right. He'll have the stuff. So what was the story? That's, what that, was that what somebody story? said something insulting to Jim's to wife? wife? They were they were waiting online outside of uh, some bar, some establishment. I, I don't know. I've heard 16 different conflicting stories. And uh, some jackass made some unflattering comment about Mrs. Mandich, and the son took exception to it and got into a uh, thing, and uh, Mrs. Mandich and the son were arrested for disorderly conduct or some such. I don't know. Oh. See, I'm just, I, I have as much information as you do, or less. Yeah, I was traveling yesterday, so but I, I wasn't didn't told get the story. that we're not talking about it. Although uh, no, there is nobody Terrence said that. Did come in this morning and to try to provoke and agitate, which seems to be his new deal now. Nobody if said there, anything to me about wrong, not talking he wants, about it. He wants to create something wrong. I guess that's his new deal now, uh, Terrence. No, nobody has said don't talk about it. Oh, so. it's kind of hard to talk about it though when you don't know. Well, if I don't know anything, I Although, can't talk about it. Although, that wouldn't be new on talk radio. I mean, there's a lot of people talking about stuff they know nothing well, about. Well, some people like your friend Cody who wrote yesterday that uh, the ratings were off from the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. They were the highest rating of any television show since the year 2000. Well, what all does he know? He, look, he's never going to be the same again anyway. I took, I took care of him single-handedly. Yes, you did. I was asked about that situation, and I said, don't worry about it. I took care of it. You know, sometimes you have to take care of matters yourself. Hey, sometimes you got to find a wartime consigliere. That's correct, and we don't have one. So I took care of matters myself, yep. and we trashed them, just annihilated them. And Cody says, oh, well, we didn't expect it to get all weird. It was just supposed to, I, I don't know see anything weird about it, except for that email that Alan Brown sent out. Well, I don't low, want to get you started on Alan that Brown. That low again. life? <laughs> see, I, I don't know who some of these people are, so I don't have the advantage that you've got. I just know a guy who hired him to do a project for him and got shafted pretty good. Really? Yes. Huh. Careful now. That's as far as I'm going with it. Oh. Not downtown Let's put it Alan this Brown. way. He just didn't get his money's worth. 
Mm-hmm. He was promised some things were going to happen kind of like in an the event. Across the street, they're not getting their money's worth either, evidently. But that's promised that's some point. things were going to happen in an event that never happened. I'm I'm curious, is Cody on the payroll over there? He must be. At I'm the sure Herald? Not, yeah, huh? At the Herald? Yeah, that's <laughs> dubious, too. I'm talking about across the street. I don't think so. I don't think he goes on there to be the singing uh, sports fairy just, just for the fun of it. Although maybe he's got that kind of an ego. I don't know. I don't know. A lot of Herald guys show, show up over there, for, for, I guess, mm-hmm. from time to time. Well, he and well, Levitard used to do that stuff on ESPN radio. Maybe there's something on, in Barry's little sack besides a bologna sandwich every day in that little brown bag. You know what? I heard one day he opened it up and there was a story in there and he threw it away. You know what? <laughs> yeah. Poor Barry. Poor, poor Harold, you know. Although Kevin Baxter called me yesterday and we spent a half hour on the phone. He's going to write a piece about my 30th anniversary coming up in uh, three weeks. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. In South Florida, that is. I know. I know. It's about 30, man. Yeah. 30 years. Wow. Your buddy at the Sunset and Low, he's probably still in California getting wined and dying, so I'm sure I'm not going to be hearing from them. And that's fine with me. I don't know. I haven't seen him lately. Yeah. He's out there getting wined and dying. Plus, he doesn't write about radio anyway, so why would he want to write about something as insignificant as that? Who does write about radio? In Nobody. Paper? Nobody. Once in a great while now, we have a column about Spanish language radio, and that, that pretty much typifies what South Florida is all about. But the Sunset and yeah, in, in either paper, yes. Hmm. There's nobody who writes a regular radio column in that town. The, the the only place you'll ever read anything about radio is in either Sarney's column or Barry Jackass, and that's always sports radio. So that leaves me out entirely. And that's a pretty sad commentary. And if I was on any of the other stations, I'd be pretty P.O.'d about it, because, uh, let's face it, there's only two stations doing sports, and then, uh, you know, eight million other ones. Very sad. Oh, well. Detroit was okay. Yeah. They didn't do a bad job. Oh, that was the other thing he wrote in his column yesterday, that Detroit had bad food. There's a lot of good restaurants in Detroit. Detroit is known for good food. And even though I haven't been there in years, I don't see why any reason why that would change. Detroit's always had a lot of great restaurants. I went to two very good ones while yeah. I was there. So, Well... No, when you go to White Castle, that's what you expect, Greg. That's probably on his on his budget from the Herald. The onions were overcooked. Mm-hmm. Bad food in Detroit. What a what a goy. What an idiot. You know, such a jackass. But then again, that's South Florida, man. It's a trap. You're trapped with swill. That's why I told uh, Kevin Baxter I have this great, this fantastic deal here. I don't have to be there. I can do the show like I was there, but I don't have to be there. Even during the hurricane, you know, it was a tremendous advantage not being there. I'd have to drive in there and risk my life every day, and I could see everything that was going on in the Internets and on TV. It was uh, great. In fact, I could have actually done the show that day on the day that uh, the hurricane on Wilma, the day it hit. And they said, well, we'd have to bring somebody in here and jeopardize their life. And I said, oh, that's okay. I'll go to Woodbine instead. Did we have our power up that whole day? I don't remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's an upset. <laughs> Mark that down. Yeah. Put that in your diary. How'd that happen? So that was a pretty uh, smarmy game. I guess I haven't talked to you since the game. It was pretty smarmy, and the officiating was just horrendous and as usual. And just, uh, I don't know. Well, what did I tell you at the beginning of the season? The NFL is a shadow of what it used to be. I don't know, Me- but more A lot people... of mediocre teams, a lot of crappy officiating, just, uh, just like in that uh, Colts-Steeler game. 
The guy spends 10 minutes looking at the replay and comes out and gives the wrong call, and then they apologize the next day. Yeah, they didn't you apologize know, you know a, for this one. Do you know what a black mark that would be on the whole league if if Roethlisberger doesn't reach out and make that last-second tackle to save that game? The Steelers don't even wind up in a Super Bowl, much less you know advancing beyond that week. Yeah, that's right. And, and the league admits the next day we made a mistake. Maybe if they would have lost the game, they wouldn't have admitted they made a mistake. I forget the official's name, but uh, you won't see him no more. Really? Yeah. He's right there with Paulie. We need Red Cashin back again. That's what we Red need. Red Cashin. First down! That's what we need. <laughs> that wasn't much of a game, really. It was sloppy. No. And, I, and I still don't understand for the life of me why Madden just he kept insisting that they got to kick the field goal now and then do the on Oh, he was kick. totally right. But, but 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 the point is, you, you didn't let me finish. The point is that he said, now they got to do it. There was 27 seconds left. I remember it like it was two minutes ago. And he said, okay, now they got and then, and then they didn't do it, and he never made any reference to it. Like, just forget I said that, you know. Like, it was too embarrassing. Maybe he didn't want to embarrass Cheesehead. He said it, though. What? He did say it, didn't he? No, no, not after that. Not not when they didn't do it. Oh. He said, he said after this play, they got to kick the field goal. Yeah, I thought he was, yeah, he, he said it two or three times. Yeah. And then when they didn't do it, it, he just pretended he never said it. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> you know, once you say it, it's said. Yeah, well, that's true. It's like a you know, like a BM. You know, once once you let it out, that's it's it. not coming back. That's right. Once Doesn't it goes return. through the hoop. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that you used the hoop. Maybe we can talk about that tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. How was how, how was the telecast? I couldn't hear it because I was in a Crowded ballroom at Caesar's Palace. I, I didn't watch the first half. I was out for oh. dinner. I came back. I did watch the entire second half. I thought the telecast was okay. Boy, it, that place, Caesar's, was packed. Yeah. I mean, it was jammed. It was, uh, uh, and people were having a good time watching the game, hmm. mostly Steelers. So fans. I guess there's going to be a new stopping grounds here is now Detroit. The Beast has got a window. No, I'm not going out. back there ever again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. That makes two of us. <laughs> Why would I want to go there? I have no idea. I mean, you sounded like you were kind of like uh, smitten with Detroit. Like, well, well I thought, they, I thought, thought they, there was gambling there. And they did a good job on the game. They, they really gambling did. in Atlantic City there, too, but who wants to go to that place? No. Oh, boy. Even I would not go there. Well, there you go. I've been there once and will never go back. I've been there a few times. There are only the, two places in my life that I, I walked out outside of a building and never felt fear. I could, like, smell it in the air. Oh, one yeah. was L.A. L.A. was the first one many years ago. Yep. And the second one is Atlantic City. Yep. You walk, and it wasn't even outside of the building. I walked into the parking garage to get my rent-a-car. And as I, it was at late at night, and as I walked through there, I felt uh, the feeling of terror. It just I don't know how to describe it. but I, I do. I've it. been there. It's <laughs> place. What a horrible place. Well, if you don't, it, all right, the boardwalk is one thing, but if you go out the other door, yeah. forget about it. Yeah. And well, not only that. How about he, the beast? I mean, the beast walking back from, back from the casino to the hotel? Person. I think anybody that would see him of any persuasion would be so terrified they'd run the other direction anyway. <laughs> Yeah, he's a scary-looking guy. He's a scary, very scary guy. I love the black sack. (laughs) But uh, Atlantic City is the only place I've ever been in the casino where even inside the casino it's scary. You're right. Like in Vegas, they make sure everything is like real proper and sparkling and kosher, etc. But boy, Atlantic City, there's some pretty smarmy folks in there. Kind of reminds me of Woodbine. Did you go there this weekend? Uh, Yes. Oh. Uh, Don't ask. Don't ask and I won't tell. I well, I keep telling the beast that that Wheel of Fortune dollars is uh, there's no upside to it. You can't win enough. It's it's a guaranteed loser. Guaranteed loser. You, there is no upside. So when we get 
when we get the slots in South Florida, and of course, nobody will listen to me because I know nothing. But when we get the slots, play all the other stuff and let, let the suckers play Wheel of Fortune. It's very addictive, and the spin comes up, you know, and uh, makes all the sound. Uh, let the idiots play that because there, there's no upside to it. You know, once every six months somebody wins the 166 grand, when you got a Chinaman's chance in hell of winning that. And other than that, uh, what are you going to win? Where, where's the upside? You, you know, three, four grand. You know, one thing about gambling is I don't know if you find it this way. When you were playing, you know, the trotters and and uh, but when you win at some one thing, you can't win at the you other. The trots through hoops. And, yeah, it, it never it never comes at the same time. You know, a winning streak in two different gambling situations. For example. I couldn't win at horses at all this past weekend. Yeah. I never lost at the blackjack table. Okay. Well, I, that's not bad to even you out. I, yeah. I don't, I, don't uh, I guess until we get the slots at the tracks there at Pompano and the other joints, I'm not going to know about that because I never, I never engaged in uh, twin gambling vices at the same time. It was always either or. Wow. Look at who. I'm looking at Brian Schutz. Yeah. He's back. He's back. All right. All right. Excellent. Welcome oh back, Brian. God. Thank God we got a real I haven't sales seen guy a sales now. guy in years around yeah, this place. It's the first real sales guy legit we've had in that building in a very long time. Yeah. Well, we had a run of sales managers that weren't the best. Yeah. You're not talking about Curtis uh, Raymond Burr, are you? Gay. Uh, I was actually referring to the whole run of them, starting with uh, Screw Ann, your favorite. Yeah, my favorite. You're going to start trashing Screw Ann again? You're gonna, uh, I, I smell suspension in the air. I can smell <laughs> orgasms. Yeah. Uh, That's what Roy said. I'll be careful. Please. Okay. Early in the year. It's only the 8th of February. You've got a long way to go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'll never yeah. make it. I don't have that far till the middle of June now that I'm thinking about it. Till that summer schedule starts. Boy, am I an underdog. Just dawned on me. Just gave me a good inspiration for that. Well, listen, you have a great day. You think about start. I, I get out with your uh, travel agent right now and start planning the next trip to Detroit. <laughs> I, oh yeah, I'm sure there's no problem getting a room now. And tell the beast if he loses too much gambling in Windsor, we can go back to the Mount Elliot soup kitchen. I'll give him directions how to get there. I'll tell him. I would say the highlight of your trip there was that Dick Purton came over and said hi. Yeah, he was very nice. He kept coming by, and asking questions about you. Did he really? Yeah. Well, he's a great guy. He can't understand. He, he he still cannot put together the fact that you're doing a radio show to hear from Toronto. Right. He just couldn't fathom it. And why I not? said it's been going on for a long time, and it's yeah. still successful. But why not? How about all the guys that are syndicated? They can't be sitting in ten different places at the same time. Well, it doesn't matter where they are because they're well, syndicated. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, so you're kind of like a, pay, a pace setter in a way. Yeah, I'm pacing and you're trotting. Through so, I, yeah, so I'll move to Detroit and do this show for you. There there. you go. Hank from Detroit next week from Motown. <laughs> Excellent. See ya. Bye. For Big Time Sports Talk, it's the Mad Talk. Jim Mandish. I wonder if any of those writers that were calling or talk show hosts that were calling from around the country feel stupid having compared the Indianapolis Colts to a perfect season. <laughs> I mean, all that stuff, oh, the Dolphins had a weak schedule, and uh, things just broke right, this, that, and the other happy horse manure. Well, wonder what they're saying and thinking right now, or, or do you not hear from them again until the next team runs out 12-0? Jim Mandish, your sports authority, weekdays from 4 to 7 on Sports Radio 560. QAM. Sister Mary Catherine, Jesus! 
For all of you who loved our pop-up wipes for babies, here's a new pop-up wipe just for adults. Hey, ass wipe! You talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you! What do you want? An ass wipe. You got one? Sure, here you go. Hey, thanks. When you're on the go, you don't always have time to wipe thoroughly with toilet paper, if at all. That's when you use new ass wipes, the moist towelette in a convenient pop-up container. Honey, you're squirming in your chair. You didn't wipe properly, did you? Well, I was so darn busy today, I just didn't have the time. Here, you need an ass wipe. Do I ever. Ass wipes are specially formulated to handle even the most stubborn fecal fiascos. And they're scented to give you that fresh, just wiped feeling. Say, Bill, that ass wipe you lent me today was a real lifesaver. I don't want it that far. Understood. Good. Yeah, I was pitching that new client, and I just couldn't stop digging and scratching. In there. But that asswipe left me clean as a whistle, and that minty fresh feeling gave me the confidence I needed to land the account. Asswipes, available in your grocer's things to wipe your butt with section. Holy fecal fiasco, rat man. I, I haven't played that in so long, I've forgotten that great line. That's a fecal fiasco. Is that yeah, one yeah. of the great lines of all time, especially when you're uh, doing business through hoops. That's right. Like mud or maybe a hoop skirt. 1013 at 560 WQM. Rogers. If he wants to smoke pink cigars, then let him. That's why I'll have you know, I know what I'm talking about. Every morning at the condo, I take the elevator down, and on my way to the car, when I pull my folding basket out, I grab a free condo paper. The toys are back in town. The toys are back in town. I said the boys are back in town. Why, you little... Ah, my God, hello, you sport old fool. I know everything that's going on in that news. Why, I even know all the new Mahjong rules. I'm hip to the jive, daddy-o. Too bad you're going back today. It's a better show when I take your place. I know I ain't no egg oily he, but when they drop my voice, we'll change. You little smoothie. <laughs> Ten nineteen at five sixty. What's that lineup look like today? We got uh, Geldy. There you go, speaking the devil. He'll be squeaking along from two to four. And uh, Eric Reed in the three thirty segment talking through his teeth as he is wont to do. That's just uh, the thing he does. That's his bag. He talks through his teeth. It's seventy seven to seventy two, and it's unfortunate because otherwise he'd be pretty good. Mad Dog four to six thirty. Everybody will be gathered around the radio to hear the old uh, bedtime stories about Mrs. Mad Dog and the son. Mm-hmm. And that ill-fated uh, trip to Detroit. There's another good reason not to go to Detroit. Hurricanes warm up at six thirty. Hurricanes at North Carolina State at the. Uh, Oh, on campus, Bank United Center at 7 o'clock. Anybody going to be attending that game? No. no nobody's, uh, you know, well, they need that on-campus arena badly, man, so that nobody could show up. And then Eddie K. after Hurricanes basketball. Jonathan in Plantation says, you forgot these two on your poll. Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. And, oh, uh, cute. 
Petey Bolger. Okay, whatever you say. We put him on okay. there. Okay. Huh? We put him on there. Where is he? We put what on there? Shawshank Redemption and uh, The Assassin. Oh, I see. No, they didn't understand. That, no, that, I, I get the joke, but that's a, that was a real movie. No, no, you don't understand. That's the, you, can you read? Can, yeah. Have Josh read it to you. About okay. the notorious killers. That was about the previous day's polls. Uh -huh. oh. I think Peter the Assassin Bolger qualifies I see. as a killer. Right. Killer of people's lives and careers, stuff like that. So don't, please take the assassin off, or whatever you guys are doing. And also, maybe uh, Eric could spell, since that was my movie, Imaginary Heroes, and I don't care if anybody likes it or not, at least let's spell it right. He's got like homos, heroes, H-E-R-O-S. What kind of spelling is that? And I looked on the sheet that I sent you, Eric, and did I misspell it? No. No, I know my heroes, man. I know my heroes and my homos. Well, so cut the crap. And don't be calling Emil Hirsch some kind of a little pansy either. Oh, I won't call him little. I don't know how tall he is. Little. 622 votes on that. Now, wait a minute. Am I out of order? I'm out of order. Uh-oh. The whole courtroom's out of order. The whole system's out of order. That's what Al Pacino's screaming. Afghan police have shot and killed several protesters trying to storm a U.S. military base, bringing the death toll from this week's violent demonstrations over caricatures of the... And by the way, this whole thing is uh, contrived and being orchestrated by a bunch of lunatics that are just whipping up uh, the extremists. Right. So you don't hear that from the uh, mainstream media because they're too busy talking about how insensitive it was and inappropriate for Jimmy Carter and uh, Joseph Lowry to be making those comments at the uh, Coretta King. Right. Yeah, to hell with them, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm pleased. And there was, there was the smirking chimp sitting right behind them there on that podium and uh, sitting there and he's applauding while they're knocking him an uh, ass. Yeah. Nice going, Jimmy. Well, he's oblivious. See, Jimmy Carter's figuring he was a really crappy president when he was in there, so he might as well make up for it now in his old age before he croaks. Nice going, Jimmy. Yeah, he is with a vengeance. Yeah. What a joke having this uh, racist bastard sitting there, you know, keeps giving his tax cuts to the rich and, uh, you know, peeing on all those damn poor people down there in New Orleans and Louisiana and uh, Mississippi and Alabama. Hundreds of protesters hurled rocks at police in the southern city of Kalat on Wednesday. It sounds like today. Officers first fired into the air to try to clear the crowd, but turned their guns on protesters as they tried to attack the base. They gave them a couple of those. Bada bing, bada boom. Reuters quoted police and medical officials as saying three people were killed and 20 others wounded. Eyewitnesses told CNN five people were killed, possibly including a police officer. And similar clashes elsewhere in Afghanistan Monday and Tuesday left seven people dead. So we got at least ten people dead now over some cartoon crap, a cartoon flap that they whipped up. And if I have to see that faggot Andrew Sullivan on my TV again anytime soon with that other faggot uh, Anderson Pooper, Jesus God. You wonder why you don't get the news in America? I don't look at Look at the people that they put on there for no, Christ's sake. You look at them. No, thanks. Anyway, that was the poll yesterday. Who is the most despicable murderer of all time? Hitler, 647. We knew that he was going to win, but it was a battle for second place. And your president. Your civilian president. The man's got more blood on his hands than a butcher. George W. Bush, 418. Stalin, 133. 9-11 Saudi hijackers, 111. O.J. Simpson, 57. They still hate you, O.J. You're still on their mind. Susan Smith, 55. Bitch. Osama bin Laden, 50. Paul Pot, 45. Tim McVeigh, 38. Andrea Yates, 27. Jeffrey Dahmer, 16. I bet you he and Tim McVeigh are having a good, good chat. Good, okay, a few chuckles fun, now. Yeah. Over what's in the freezer. Charles Manson, 13. John Wayne Gacy, 10. Ted Bundy, 10. Dr. Joseph Mengele, 9. Who has a lot in common with most of these South Florida doctors, by the way. Speaking of butchers. Lee Harvey Oswald, 9. Harry Truman, 7. Jim Jones, 6. Did a lot for the Kool-Aid folks. 
Lieutenant William Kelly, four. Jack the Ripper, four. Ariel Sharon, misspelled, and who cares because we don't hear nothing about him anyway. Not a nope. word. Mm-mm. I mean, is it only me? Remember the song by the Platters, Only You? It must right. be only me because nobody else seems to be slightly uh, amazed and bemused at the fact that here was a guy who was such a big simist that he was had a major stroke and he was like a, a breath away from death. And now day after day after day, we hear nothing. I mean, CNN's got a big thing on managing an office romance. That's pretty important. Thing to see the... Yeah, that's important. But as far as Ariel Sharon, is he still alive, dead, uh, eating halava, whatever, getting ready for a Purim? He's got three votes. Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold together, three. Jack Ruby, three. General Sherman, let's see, two for Sherman. Eileen Wuornos, Ed Gein, Dennis Rader, Eric and Lyle Menendez, they go as a team. James Earl Ray, David Berkowitz, the son of Sam, and Leopold and Loeb. One for Lizzie Borden, Charles Whitman, Charles Ing, Richard Speck, and no votes for Alberto's Albert DeSalvo, the Boston Strangler. Oh, him. Marshall Applewhite, Doe, John Mohammed, the um, D.C. Uh, sniper, Richard Ramirez, Gary Gilmore, or uh, Sirhan Sirhan, none. No, 1,698 votes. Not even any yeah. votes for Doug Gilmore. Who? How do you like that? So that was uh, the result of yesterday's poll. So you better get your poll straightened up. I'm going to reread that. Uh, not only have I got that great column by, uh, what's his name? What is his name? Christopher Hitchens. Christopher Hitchens. But I also have one even Hitchens, more. Right? Yeah, Chris. Okay. More, muy importante. Uh, where the hell is it? Here it is. The cartoon crisis conspiracy and moderate Muslims. It's all manufactured. It's sure. all crap. But anyway, we'll get into that. Because your media is busy telling you about a beep, bada boop, bada bop, and is it, you know, discussing that it as if it deserves some credibility. That because somebody pissed you off with a card, it would be like somebody getting, like Tom Cruise getting PO'd with the South Park with that episode you sent me. Right. Which, of course, he always is getting PO'd and always mm-hmm. suing everybody. I'm not gay and I'm going to sue you and prove it and have another press conference not to announce I just got married to with somebody else. Did you notice the credits at the end of that one? No, I didn't pay attention. They, uh, they all had fake names. Oh. Well, at any rate, I, I hear he's getting married to Jennifer Aniston, and she's already pregnant by him. He's impregnated 15 women since uh, he married Katie Holmes. <laughs> and they're all becoming her. Scientologists, too. But, but it would be like that. It would be like uh, people rioting in the streets because South Park said Tom Cruise won't come out of the closet in, in a cartoon, in a TV cartoon. Right. Right? Or the Catholic well, Church getting all upset because of that bloody... Oh, they did. Or like the Scientologists getting all, but yeah, but they didn't kill anybody. They no, too, no. They, they, they killed enough people already yeah. over the years. <laughs> they got their quota. That's but like they, the Scientologists, they're not running around killing people because South Park parodied their religion and made fun right. of it and pointed out what a pile of crap it is and how it's a, just a gigantic closet and everybody who's in there is, Yay. you know, like that like that fat slob Kirstie Alley. Oh, she, she's got a new spot now for that, uh, have you caught Jenny yet? And, and the whole thing, she's doing like you guys always do every day. She's eating and talking with her mouth full. Mm. She was charring our federal chamber. We had to tell you how it's ready yet. Oh, she is just disgusting. And yeah, when you yeah. told me that she was a Scientologist, sure. that answered a lot of questions I had about that oh, fat, disgusting, obnoxious, sour bitch. Uh-huh. Oh, she is revolting. 27 past 10. I think R. Kelly is in a closet <laughs> taking care of them uh, two guys. Hey, when it comes to mattresses, there are a lot of gimmicks out there. The latest are sleep numbers, otherwise known as air mattresses. They're only warranted in full for two years. They squeak like hell. They pop when you least expect them. Nothing worse than popping when you least expect it. They can lose their setting during the night, and they cost a fortune. If you want a high-quality brand-name mattress that will last for years, call our good friends at Dollar Mattress, 1-800-MATTRESS. When you call 1-800-MATTRESS, you'll get no runarounds, no showroom shenanigans, just 
Factory direct prices on the best brands you know, trust, and love. And when you call 1-800-MATTRESS, you choose from Florida's biggest inventory of Sealy, Serta, Simmons, King Coil, Tempur-Pedic, even Stearns, and Bananas Foster, all ready for same-day delivery to you at prices much lower than the so-called big-name chain stores, even during their so-called big sales. So do yourself a favor. Do the smart piece of shopping by making that one easy call, 1-800-MATTRESS, and you can have the bed you want delivered the date and time you want it in a two-hour delivery window, even like if you make the call now today which is why so many of us, including yours truly, have been satisfied Dollar Mattress customers for years. Call them today, 1-800-MATTRESS, or log on to their website. Do your shopping right there at mattress.com. 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S. Leave off the last S because it stands for stupendous sensational savings. This is Neil Rogers. This is 562 QAM. And now, another verse of celebrity poetry. Here's a tale of lunacy backed by Scientology. No brain cells left in Tom Cruise's cupboard, for they were stolen by L. Ron Hubbard. When Tom speaks, his mouth it foams, affirming his love for Katie Holmes. Up on the couch, he jumps with glee. He thinks he's sane, remarkably. His mind looks like a Renoir mural prohibiting Katie an epidural. He says others don't use their brain when it's Tom himself who is insane. He calls Matt Lauer cold and glib when it's he who needs a dribble bib. His lady friend smiles her clueless smile. She's no smarter than bathroom tile. Her eyes too close, her teeth askew. Perhaps she has the avian flu. Feel free if you must to disagree with the teachings of Scientology. But on this, my friend, we can find common ground. Their level of brain damage is profound. The facts are strange, the future shady for Crazy Tom and Fiance Katie. This has been another verse of celebrity poetry. I was just thinking how much is, even though I enjoy that very much, how much that sounded like those Paul Harvey bits. It sounded very much like Paul Harvey. And the reason I say that is because we got a new Paul Harvey bit, which I'm not going to wait to play. It's just too good to wait. Okay. Good morning, Americans. It's Paul Harvey. Stand by for news. It was this little girl's first day of school. And the teacher asked her what her name was. The little girl replied, happy butt. The teacher said, honey, I, I don't think that's your name. You need to go to the principal's office and get this straightened out. So the little girl went to the principal's office and he asked, what's your name? And the little girl said, happy butt. The principal called the mother to get this straightened out once and for all. After getting off the phone, he looked at the little girl and said, Honey, your name is Gladys, not Happy Butt. Then the girl exclaimed, Gladys, Happy Butt, what's the difference, Paul Harvey? I know. Good day. <laughs> See what I mean? That was good. That was cute. Yes, it was. That was the beautiful Happy Butt. That's almost like the old magic butt. Happy Butt. Rectum. At any rate, uh, I, can I just straighten one thing out? I don't know, nobody's going to listen to me because nobody pays attention to what I say anyway, just like that little seminar I got this morning about how light bulbs never burn out. But um, NBC needs to get with it. You know, if you're going to carry the Olympics, it would be a good idea to know where you're at. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to nitpick, but it just drives me up the wall. And that Brian Williams with his uh, cockeyed head, uh, he's trying to explain last night, well, uh, it's uh, the city of Turin, uh, and they keep saying Torino. If the Olympics were in Florence, Italy, they would not be saying Firenze, which Firenze is the Italian name of the city. Okay, in Italy, Florence is known as Firenze. Follow what I'm saying? What are you saying? 
or like Rome. If the Olympics are in Rome, nobody on NBC or any place else in the U.S. would say, oh, it's the Olympics in Roma. No, they wouldn't say that. They'd say Rome. Am I right? You're right. The name of the city in northern Italy where the Olympics are being held up there in the Alps is Turin. Okay? That's the way we pronounce it. It's Turin. T-U-R-I-N. Yeah. But NBC, including in that uh, promo we just had a little bit ago, they keep saying Torino. Well, that's fine. That's the Italianization of it. They call it Torino. People like to do that sometimes, and I don't know what why. do you mean by that. Every once in a while, you'll hear a newscaster break into. But the, it, but at least uh, at least yeah. be consistent. And it's right. not a newscaster; it's the whole NBC approach to it. They keep putting on the screen there, Torino Olympics. It's not Torino, okay? Sorry, uh, stand up. In Italy, it's Torino, but we call it Turin. Right. That would be like that. That would be like. If you want to, uh, you know, Spanishize it, like uh, if, they, the, if the Olympics were in New York listen. City and they say, in the way of New York, you know, it's, it's not in the way of New York, okay, right. it's New York. But they do that New all York. the time. Uh, a stand-up comic did a routine about that. Every time you see, like if they say Guatemala, they go, Guatemala. But that, that's not the same, though. You're talking about an accent. That, that, no, that's no, not no, the same not deal. an accent. They'll, they'll break in to try to pronounce it in the language or the way that it's pronounced in that language. I see. That like Nicaragua. Nicaragua. It'd be like that bitch I used to do that all the time. Boy, like right. Isabel de Casada. Right. Isabel de Casada. Exactly. Oh, man. I feel so sorry for you people in South Florida that nobody wants to speak English. Anyway, let's get back to this with this Torino crap. Turin. That's where the Olympics are going to be. The Winter Olympics are in Turin, Italy, okay? Get it right. Not that, that you want to go there, believe me. Is that anywhere near Torino? Yeah, it's right next door. Other than The Godfather, a movie you could watch a million times. We need to build that poll big time today because we only got... Look at how many votes we got. Look at that. I knew it. I knew it was embroidered on Todd Drex's head. 666. Really? I got more than that. You know, he and I are going to... We're going to come to a very unhappy end this week. I've been biting my tongue. Remember I told you that little situation before the show this morning? Biting your tongue? Well, no, I'm, I'm just telling you, I don't, I don't like being coerced to endorse things that I don't believe in and that are, uh, you know what I'm saying, I don't want to go in beyond that. Mm-hmm. But I got a real problem with that little piece of turd back there because, uh, thank God we got Brian Schmutz back. Every time Brian Schmutz uh, put a spot on the air, it was always something good, something you enjoyed doing, something you believed in, you really, you know. Yeah. I mean, granted, right. you got no credibility when you're working on this station in the first place, but Jesus, Todd Dreck, you are just, you just talk about a guy that lives up to his name. He is the worst. You can take Fat Boy and all the other ones, all the other uh, Frank, all the other losers we've had. You can put them all together, and they, they, they're like a breath of fresh air compared to Todd Dreck. He is as low as it goes. Anyway, we got 674 votes. They got off that 666 real fast. Other than The Godfather, movie could watch a zillion times. Every time it comes on cable, you got to watch it. You could just watch it almost every day and just never get tired of watching it. You're hooked. Blazing Saddles, I say with great dismay, is leading 107. Right. Not that there's anything wrong with that movie, but I mean... It's fine, it's great, but... Uh, come on. Come on. That, uh, it, it doesn't... And then Pulp Fiction is number 273. No wonder that one guy doesn't want me talking about movies. My taste in movies is so diametrically opposed to the masses out there. No wonder Josh don't like Magnolia or uh, Network. I liked Magnolia. Where do you come up with this? He says that all the time. You said the ending sucked. Play along. So that was me. Okay, yeah, the ending sucked. There you go. <laughs> you didn't like the frog oh, By the either. way, Donnie Darko, well, he dies in the end. I, I know. Jo- uh, George is watching I Donnie gave it Darko. to George, yeah. I know that. That's what I heard too. that you gave it to George. And he said he liked it so far. My Cousin Vinny, 56. Now, let's see. Did I see that? That sounds... Oh, I, I know what that is. Isn't that like a gay... Uh... No, no, it's a Joe Pesci movie. It's actually funny. What's that gay... Oh, The Italian Wedding. Isn't that it? Something like that. Sorry. National Lampoon Vacation 52. Every movie now is. Yeah. I don't get that. It's a Animal House 49. 
Yeah, I mean, take take a look at those top five. Uh-huh. This is our audience, and you wonder why 90% of the calls are like that. No, this is South Florida for you, baby. This is what we're dealing with. This is the masses and their asses. Happy butt. Yes, it is. Blazing Saddles 107, Pulp Fiction 73, My Cousin Vinny 56, National Lampoon Vacation 52, and Animal House 49. You see any common thread there? Other well, than Pulp Fiction. My Cousin Vinny is good, but it doesn't belong in the top five, I don't think. Then we got The Great Escape 39, Wizard of Oz 38. <laughs> don't hey, you skipped over Glenn Gary. No, I did not. You did. You went great. Wizard of Oz 39, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross 38. Got it? I got it now. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Steve Martin 37. You fairy. Fargo has got. No. About Birdman. The Natural 29, Rocky Horror Picture Show 21, Heat 16, The Life of Brian 15. Reservoir Dogs, which you insist I shouldn't watch, 15. Joe Dirt, 13. West Side Story, 10. The Hills Are Alive. Oh, that's the sound of music. Well, they yeah. both suck. Sin City, 9. Let It Ride, 9. The Shawshank Redemption, 6. Roger Rabbit, 6. Rounders, uh, 5. Spartacus, 2. Mighty uh, Minority Report, 2. And Imaginary Heroes, which Eric's corrected the spelling, thank God. Only two. Me and one other queen. 687 votes on that. So you can add, uh, I'm sure, to that, other than The Godfather, which is in League right. of Its Own. How about A League of Its Own? It's another bad sports movie, wasn't it? Yes, it was, about girls playing baseball. Was it really? Yeah, Gina Davis League and her favorite, Rosie O'Donnell. Oh. <laughs> Excellent. That's okay, 20 head. before 11. Let, uh, now, we got, uh, oh, I got the priest story. We got Gretzky's wife. We got Mad Dog's wife, which we have no story about that. I don't know why everybody's so whipped up in the whole building about that. He, he'll tell you the story. It's got to do with his family and his, his ill-behaved sons and his lovely wife, and uh, that'll teach you to go to Detroit in the first place. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Take the finger and dig the deep. Rectum. Into a nostril for something green. Oh, she's a nose picker. She's digging down. Don't flick it at me. Uh, her fingers long. Now I understand she's a nose picker. It's big and deep. Okay. Her it's her. time to run. Now I understand she's a nose picker. She's going to take me sick. I can't believe it. Yeah, girl, go ahead, take it. It's on a sleeve. It's your girl, you know it's good. I'm going to heal. It's girl, you know it's good. I'm going to heal. It's girl, go ahead. Her fingers long. Now I understand she's a nose picker. 1044 QM, so we need about 400 more movies for that poll today, just to round it out, so everybody's got a place to go, because obviously the list that we got there so far, maybe a lot of you say, ah, fat, I don't want to watch any of those movies ever again, uh, right. or even the first time. And in many cases, I couldn't blame you. WQAM, hello. Hello. Yes, sir. You guys realize that uh, you got a telephone ringing through your show coming out over the air? Really? Yeah, and it happens more than once, too. Yeah. On, on your station. Yeah. And I would think... Is it happening engineers... right now? Do we have a, phone, a telephone ringing over the air right now? Not right now, but intermittently oh. throughout your show. Uh, you think your engineers would pick that up? Our, you think our engineers are listening to this show? You must be dreaming. Well, sorry about that, Neil. So but are we. It's a, it's a reality. It's very annoying. Yeah, okay, we'll work on it. Thank you. Thank you. It's quickly and so depressed. But what a sour puss, huh? 
So we got some ringing. Now he's trying to be helpful to us, and of course, uh, he at least he's listening, which is more than we can say for the engineering staff. And by the way, the engineers want us to know that the light bulbs last forever. Do you know that? I I do know. I wish Mr. Eagle would have kept that in mind. Light bulbs last forever. WQAM, hello. For the poll, two staples of uh, weekend cable: Die Hard one and Lethal Weapon one. What was the second one? Die Hard one and what? Or Lethal Weapon? Oh, Lethal oh, Weapon one. Well, that guy sounded like he had mush in his mouth. I thought he said or something. Sweet pillow. Yeah, five six. He's biting it right now. Five six and the pillow too. Five six seven oh five sixty. Okay, let me get to a uh, speaking of that. That's a good segue for this story. Former New York City police officer Dick Regan was recuperating from surgery at his upstate home last April when he came across a news story about the sale of a Walter Mill estate that once was a retirement home for Dominican nuns. Within minutes, he was on the website of the realtor who handled the sale, viewing pictures that brought back horrific scenes from his childhood. Remember that movie that I had you see, uh, whatever the hell it was? Which one? The one with uh, Ed Norton. Oh, Primal Fear. Primary, uh, huh? Primal uh, Fear. Fear. A building in one photo triggered memories of the bedroom with the dark leather couch where he says a Catholic priest molested him when he was eight years old. He would come sit with me on the couch, fondle me, kiss me on the stomach, says Regan, now 62. Remember Regan's stomach in The Exorcist? Help me. Remember that? That was on Regan's stomach. Mm -hmm. Another picture showed the chapel where Regan said the same priest would prop him in a wooden pew just moments after abusing him, then ascend to the altar to say Mass. He thought back to the overnight trips with the priest where he and his sister were molested in the priest's bedroom, he said. And he thought of another sister who, he had been, uh, who had been abused in separate incidents and who, like Dick, had kept it a secret from the rest of their siblings. Over the following weeks, on the advice of an advocate for victims of priest abuse, Regan shared his traumatic story with the rest of his siblings, seeking their support and understanding. It was only then that the enormity of what had happened to the Regans became clear. Five of the family's eight children said they'd been sexually abused by the Reverend Daniel Babis, a trusted friend who had been welcomed into the Regan's Howard Beach home for much of the 50s and 60s. The priest abuse scandal rocked Catholic parishes, but, a beep, but, a boop, but none of the half dozen experts interviewed by Newsday could recall a single family with as many victims. Now, 35 years after the fact, the Regan children and their elderly mother are struggling to confront the disturbing history that for so long was shrouded in secrecy, even among themselves. The memories have provoked wildly varying reactions in the siblings, fear that the old wounds once opened might never heal, guilt that by not reporting the alleged abuse earlier they made it possible for Babis to molest the younger siblings, and a fierce determination to confront high church officials with their stories. Dick Regan revealed the family's allegation to the two New York dioceses where Babis served, Rockville Center and Brooklyn, Queens. Just a little play on words, I guess. And last month, the family sued the Diocese of Rockville Center and its Bishop William Murphy in State Supreme Court. A diocese spokesman said they don't comment on pending litigation. Of course, that's always a good cop-out. Since the suit, others have approached the family's attorney and said they, too, were abused by Babbitt. It's a very long story. It's in a sunset. It's on our website right now, I'm sure. Is it not? It is. So we didn't weep. Let's see, airplane for the poll. Now, I sure as hell would watch airplane uh, every all, all the time as opposed to uh, Blazing Saddles. Yeah, I agree. I mean, is there any contest? Airplane's a thousand times funnier than um, Blazing Saddles. Any, pick any part of it. It's the worst moment. In fact, what the hell is that bit we got? I, I, I know I'm not looking in the right place. Oh, hear that dial tone? Yeah, that, well, that's me. I know. No kidding. <laughs> Let's see. Vince says, how about Little Big Man for the poll? Oh, oh, okay. I like that. I've only seen it once, though. I guess I could do it. Well, you could watch it every day, then. Yeah, Catch up on Lost sure. Time. Little Big Man. Huh? You could watch that and your little friend at the same time. Airplane. 
We got it. Well, we have that bit where it says, there's a sale of pennies. What that's is right. that? Called? I have no oh, idea it's what called Titanic. Called. Wait a minute. Oh. I'll find it. All it's right. called... Fourteen feet above the keel in ten minutes. Like I picked her all week, Chris Wilson. In the four feet, in all three holes, and in boiler room six. Like I picked her all week, Chris When can we get underway, damn it? Get that finger out of your ear. You don't know where that finger's been. That's five compartments, and it looks like a big tile and all. She can stay afloat with the first four compartments breached, but not five. Captain Barbara Stanwyck. Not five. Like I picked her all week, quit amphetamines. The water will spill over the tops of the bulkheads. There's no stopping it. Here, here, Jared, there's a fire in the barn. From this moment, no matter what we do. Me, John, big three. Titanic, Will Founder. I just want to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you. Well, I believe you may get your headlines, Mr. Ismay. There's a sale at pennies. Jack, I want you to draw me like one of your French girls wearing this. Where did you get that dress? It's awful. And those shoes and that coat. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they're talking blazing saddles. What is wrong with you peoples anyway, man? Right. WQAM, hello. Yes, sir. Happy Wednesday. And back to you. How about the day the earth stood still, sir? Okay. For your poll. It's good. And that too. Then thank you. Day the earth stood still. You got it? Got it. Blazing Saddles. I think they're probably inspired by the recent popularity of those um, yeah, right. cowboy movies. Well, don't worry, because we just added Caddyshack, so I'm sure that'll rise right up to the top. Oh. Wow, 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 wow. WQAM, hello. Hello, Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, what, there's a couple that are uh, need to be on the list. How about Sling Blade? Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I reckon. Uh, another one, uh, uh, Casino. Why is that not on there? I can watch well, both of those. We'll put them on there right now for you. 10-4 back door. Start watching right now. 10-4. Got your ears on, buddy? We got five, it. 5670560. Oh, <laughs> what was that guy talking about, the phone ringing uh, during the show? What is, what is he talking about? See, because if, if it was going on the air, we would hear it. Right. Unless, of course, it was like from a phone line on, in the other room. If somebody was punching something up in there. Yeah, there it is again. See it? You hear that? That European ring, too. Yeah. It's like that bit that Phil did with that uh, crazy woman. Remember that? Which one? Oh, you know the one where she kept saying she heard stuff on the air, and he said, oh, there it is again, and he would, uh, whatever the hell he was uh, doing. Yeah, you, uh, you son of a bitch. Oh, that, that was it. That, that's exactly it. Mm-hmm. Boy, you got a memory. You son of a See, there it is again. And he just, uh, with, yeah. That was great. That was back when he was a, really a talent. By the way, Kevin Baxter said that since he was syndicated, the show sucks and that he sold out to the right wing. I had a pretty good chat with Kevin yesterday. He was a big groupie of the show. At least, at least, amazingly, the Herald, which hates me like poison, but at least they're writing a piece about that 30th anniversary. Not 30, man. Coming up three weeks from today. Mark that down. Three weeks from today. I'll be out sick that it. day. Right. In fact, i got a scratchy throat right now. I'm thinking between now and then. Well, stop scratching it. I uh, am scratching feverishly, and my throat, too. Blazing Saddles 108. Boy, that's sad to me. 732 votes. We got a pretty good shot at 1,000 again today. What do we have? 1,200 during the show yesterday? 1,200 and some. Boy, that is scary. I know that Alan Brown is just uh, peeing in his pants over that. He's afraid that once we kicked their ass last week, we actually showed the world that we got. This is where the audience is, including all of them who are listening right now. And the fact that all those jackass comments on there, 95, even though my name wasn't listed on that poll, mm-hmm. 95% of them were about uh, God. positive, negative, indifferent, whatever. But nevertheless, how do you like that? Uh-huh. And I wasn't even named on the poll. And then Greg Kotex is a comment about, well, Neil and his audience hijacked our poll and it turned all weird and all. It's not what they had in mind. Well, too freaking bad. 
Jackass. WQAM, hello. Die, 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 die. WQAM, hello. Hey, how about Scarface? Yeah, okay. How about do it? Yeah. Don't you know who that was? No. Yeah, you do. Well, I do, but I'm pretending I don't. WQAM, hello. Although Scarface can go on there, it's okay. WQAM, hola. Torino Radio. For the Apollo? Yes, sir. 10,000 fingers of Dr. Keith. The 10,000 what of who? Dr. Seuss movie. 10,000. Yeah. Wow, and I actually saw that movie, but boy. I don't want to hear about it. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil, how you doing? Okay. Um, I was going to say. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. I had it right here. All right. I wrote it. Okay. Five six seven oh five. I realize it's a very tough question. And you put on put on your thinking camps. We don't want to put too much pressure on you. It's only the uh, you know, middle of February. Not even that. Although it's a short month, so keep that in mind as you're working on your good material toward that anniversary date, March one. Boy, that's going to be that. That'll be our Ides of March, won't it? Mm-hmm. That'll really be something. Torino. It sounds so schmaltzy. I mean, Turin. It sounds. I don't know. Don't uh, who the hell wants to go to Turin? So but Torino. Mystery, yeah. Torino sounds like macaroni and uh, like something you eat. cannelloni and huh? That sounds like something you eat. And prosciutto <laughs> and capicola and all that other goyish stuff. Uh, uh, like they're eating in Sicily, Sicilia. Yeah, if they had, if they had the Olympics in Sicily, would they say, oh, uh, Sicilia? Would they say, of course, Sicily's a uh, you know it's a region. It's not. Or like in uh, Palermo, Sicily, would they say Palermo, Sicilia? Would I say that? No. Oh. This is what happens when you got Goyam running NBC News. WQAM, hello. Oh. Yes, sir. Moments like this, some people wait a lifetime. A moment like this. WQAM, hello. Yes, Helpline. Mike from Pompano. Hey, Mike. How you doing? How's everything, Neil? Pretty good. What do you got? Good. How about uh, Roger Rabbit? It's on there. It's got six votes. All right. Thank you very much, Neil. Have a good day. And you too. How about Roger Rabbit? I could just watch that oh, over and over until, until the uh, cat catches the rabbit and rips it to smithereens. And chews it up and we put both of them in the microwave for lunch. Roger Rabbit. What now? What was he? Still haven't come up with that guy's name from Paxson. Roger. See, I, I did the hard work. I came up with the first name out of the blue. Roger Little... Corman. Roger, no. uh... <laughs> it'll, it'll come to me. Oh. Uh, you said that, you said that yesterday, too. We're getting a little uh, tired of waiting now. Hey, you got the better facts that says, Coming to America, Eddie Murphy's best work to date, never get sick of it. Coming to America, never seen it. Did uh, you see it? Yeah, I saw it. It was fine, but... Yeah, uh, it was no airplane, though. It certainly wasn't his best work. See, the, the, let, let me say the question again. The question is... Not what is the great... I mean, we've done those a zillion times, and quite frankly, really ponderous. The greatest movie of all time, your favorite movie of all... Although this might, favorite might overlap with this, I don't know. Other than Godfather, a movie you could watch a zillion times. And, and I'll be very honest with you, even movies that were some of my favorites, there's just no reason to see them again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Requiem for a Dream, I'm sure I'll watch it again someday, and I have watched it several times, but yeah. I don't have any need to see it again anytime soon. Follow? Right. So that isn't necessarily, and that's the question. A movie you could watch virtually every day and never get tired of it. Right? That's why I right. said Imaginary Heroes, because I likes it. It's good, in spite of what you said. 
No, you said you liked it, but you didn't say you didn't want to see it. Some little flaming uh, fairy or whatever you said. I, I didn't. I don't want to watch I, it every I didn't day. See any but flaming little fairy in that movie. movie. I think you're imagining these things. I think you're hallucinating. Right. I think you've got flaming fairies on your mind. There's a pattern with the roles that he plays there. What's that? Oh, so in other words, it's, it's not him in the movie. It's just uh, him as an actor, yeah. Daniel Hirsch. You have, a, you have a thing. Yeah, no, he has well, a I, I, And I readily admit, and he's not a pretty boy, by the way. I don't care what you say. Emil Hirsch is not a pretty boy, believe me. He's uh, interesting, okay? Okay. You know the difference between pretty and interesting? Sure. And then, of course, there's always pretty interesting. Right. 1057 at 560 WQM. Hey. This is the Neil Rogers Show. This is your brain. Any questions? Who's the monkey that's more fun than a barrel of humans? I had a little too much to drink that night. <laughs> he never says a word. Well, I've got... It's Curious George. 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 I'm George W. Bush. <laughs> the world's most famous monkey is coming to theaters. My greatest responsibility as president. Welcome to the world of Curious George. <laughs> Drinking all the time. <laughs> <laughs> What am I going to do with you? I don't know. <laughs> it's 11.02 at 5.60 WQM. That's right. Stand up and applaud, George. They're ripping you in. I stand up there and applaud Jimmy yeah, Carter yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, Joseph Lowry and all those other farbissons. Then they're right on target, by the way. Oh, speaking of the Chinese and the, what great friends of ours they are, because we're, we're only interested in democratic governments. You understand? We're spreading right. democracy all around the world. That's where they're our most favorite trade partners. I think Tommy Pinker right. was like them Chinese. The deputy, deputy editor of a Chinese newspaper died of liver and kidney failure. After he was severely beaten by police, enraged by reports in his newspaper about their work. So if it's not cartoons, it's uh, some article that somebody didn't like. Mm -hmm. Wu Zhanghu, uh. deputy editor of the Taizhou Evening News, was 41. He's dead. Fellow journalists at his newspaper and his widow confirmed his death, but refused to say anything more because of a news blackout imposed by senior officials. And keep in mind, Google says, oh, we have no problem with your, like, censoring the Internet. Uh, whatever you, you know, we just want the money. His wife, Hu Jinghua, had previously spoken about her husband's pride in his profession. One commentator said, such violence is increasingly common in China, and journalists are often beaten up at the behest of police or government, but deaths are very rare. In other words, they usually, like, beat him up lightly. I see. Mr. Wu was beaten up in October after a report about unreasonable charges associated with obtaining driver licenses. He was asked to issue a public apology, but refused. Soon afterwards, about 50 police stormed his office, beat the crap out of him, and took him to the police station. The official Xinhua news agency said that Mr. Wu's liver had been damaged in the beating. He had a liver transplant on January 24th, but last week he died. Maybe Oprah could help him. Yeah, that's right. Too bad he could have been on the Oprah show just uh, in time to save him from a wicked death. At the very least, he could have got a three-foot helper monkey. Let's see. Put Dumb and Dumber on list. Frog Hater says uh, Dumb and Dumber. We did. You know, this, this list of movies that we've got, I, I don't know what, what to say. I'm so sorry that we did this poll. Go I was on. starting to feel just a little bit better about life in general, and then all of a sudden we did this. Whose idea was this, anyway? I don't know. Mine. Let's blame Sean. Mine. No, this was not one of Sean's. This is my idea. And I was thinking about it because I watched Imaginary Heroes two nights ago, almost the whole... Well, I, you know, I, I came across it, upon mm -hmm. it, and it was like ten minutes into it. And then so I watched all the rest. And then it was just fine, even though I know how it ends and the whole deal. Right. 
5670560, pound 560 in the Verizon singular wireless line. Don't let me forget the article by Christopher Hitchens. I will and also I got the one that's even more important. I beg your pardon? I got it on a post-it right in front of me. Oh. Christopher Hitchens. It is Hitchens, not Hutchins, right? What did I say? No, I'm, I'm wondering because I really don't know. Hitchens, as Good. in hitching your uh, wagon to a star. The hitcher, which hitching I can also start watch, away, uh, you know, whatever. Several times. And also, major story study finds low fat diet won't stop cancer or heart disease. Dr. Gene Ornish, you ought to be in jail. And to think that our good friend, the late Dr. Bob, took all of that crap. Oh, that uh, low-carb stuff, uh, you know, that's out now. Uh, right. The only reason it's out is because people were eating low-carb plus all the high-carb. You know, that's not the way it works. And believe me, I'm as guilty as anybody of that. that that's, it's not going to work if you do that. In fact, I would say that the low-carb diet of any other, it, it, it's great if you stay to it. But if you start messing around, it, you'll gain the weight back so fast more than any other. So it's fine if you intend on doing it and you want to stay alive. And uh, all of those things. But this low-fat crap, how many times have I told you, dietary fat doesn't kill you. It doesn't make you fat. Okay, it's a bad word. It's like Torino. It's the wrong <laughs> word. No, no, it is. It's the wrong word. What about tortellino? How about schmutz? I mean, can't they call it something else besides fat? Because immediately it conjures up the image, oh, fat, like chicken fat, you know, like fat around your pupic. It's not that, that's not what it means. Like, what's wrong with a nice uh, slab, a slab of bacon? I'm having some pork and, and bacon this morning. Life. That's not going to make me fat. That Haagen-Dazs ice cream, that'll do it every Ooh, time. Yeah, that'll do it every time, that damn banana nut. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to sue their ass. Well, you are people a banana nut. I am. In more ways than one. <laughs> WQAM, hello. Neil. Yes, sir. Got one for the poll. Okay. Office space. What is it? Office space. Office space. Just another Off stupid, dumb movie, but you know. Office all space. All the Office space. Office yes. space. It was good. It was funny. Okay, I'll take your word for it. I thought you said off his face. Yeah, he's sometimes you get off your face. Office space. Office space. And you've seen it. Yep. I'm so sorry for you. Wow, no, it's a good movie. Is it good? It's really it's funny. Nothing wrong with it at all. Very funny movie. Funnier than Caddyshack? Yeah. 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 Funnier than Blazing Saddles? Yeah. I'll get it on there right away then. I've never seen it. Now, who's in it? Uh, I don't know if I can name them by name. Do you know any of the stars' names? Nobody that you've ever heard of. I'm uh, good. Sure. The only person I know by name is Jennifer Aniston. Oh, Jennifer Aniston's in it. Well, that's uh, good. I, I forgot she was in it. We like it already. She ain't what's funny. WQAM, hello. How you doing? Uh, my choice of movies is sort of like a manure connoisseur, but I like Karate <laughs> Kid. I can't stop watching it every time, really? that little grasshopper. I can't it's help fine. it. Fine, Too man. bad that Ray Liotta just, not Ray Liotta, what's it, Ray, uh, what's his name? It's Mr. Pat Morita. Pat Morita just died. That little Chinese guy it makes me want to just find a Chinese girl in. Yeah, okay, good. Good luck to you. <laughs> they're going to kill his ass. If the Chinese heard that call, they're going to come and beat the crap out of you. They'll beat you up lightly, though. Pat Morita, what I call him? A Rayman Zurich. That's all right. Same thing. I, I went in the wrong door. But then again, Duff said Recto. that wouldn't be the first time. 5670560, oh, pound 560. If I sound like a little incoherent, it's because I'm like right uh, And I've got it licked, if I can say that. I'm not going to get this uh, right on the edge. You know what I mean? The throat thing where you get right to the edge of a cold and a sore throat. But I'm not going to get it. How do I know that? Well, because this has happened to me many times. About 30, man. You know what I mean? You know what? It's either going to, like, uh, sprout or it's not going to sprout. Right. You know. Like in Brussels or Torino. WQAM, hello. Neil. Yes, sir. It's Andy on Parkland. What about Platoon? What about it? Is Good it movie. I a little depressing, though. What's that? I said, uh, have a great day. Platoon, get that on we'll there. We'll put it on there. 
Yeah, we'll put whatever you want on there. We're asking you what you want to watch every day over and over 8 million times, not us. Just because we think that Blazing Saddles is amusing, but not... Uh, I just, I can't relate to it. Any, and, of course, Pulp Fiction's number two. So it's right. obviously, my taste is way, way out there. You know, way on a limb, as always. I mean, my movie's on the bottom, Imaginary Heroes. Oh, no pun intended. It's down there on the bottom, yeah. Kind of like Tommy Cruise. Hey, Tommy. You fairy. I say let's get a series of cartoons that depicts all the Scientologists in the closet. Like right. South Park did, only like in cartoon form. <laughs> yeah. And start distributing it all over Hollywood. Start with uh, that bitch Kirstie Alley. Oh, She'll yeah. probably eat it. Yeah, she is, seriously, I mean, you know, it's like it's like us sending Fat Boy out to sell to represent the radio station. I mean, would you want to send her, have her represent anything that you're doing? No. She is just so grotesque and just a pig, just a real pig. And I'm a real pig, too, but I'm not on television, thank God. Here's a fax. Oh, I know I'm not going to want to read this from one of our chronic faxers about uh, Ted Kennedy were there. The loudest that went to this, uh, uh, Jimmy Carter. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, didn't I just go through all of that? I took about 20 seconds into that. Yeah, yeah. About the fact that Carter and Joseph Lowry and they all, and uh, Jackson the night before Jesse, and they ripped Bush in the ass and they a standing ovation. And, yeah, I went through all of that, okay? Daniel. So just give it a rest. What about Daniel by Elton John? What, do you want to put that on there, too? Hell of a movie. Was it? No. Never saw it. WQAM, hello. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Well, we'll That's what we were made. Okay. Wow. Good, the bad, and, uh, and the ugly. And long, long and boring, but what a great soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, we had that. What's that thing called? The, the, the mo, the doy, the something like that. I don't know. The, the Mo, the Doi, and the, uh, and Mo, Mo, it's called Mo Doi uh, Geldy, isn't it? There it is. Something like that. <laughs> All right. This is the real one. All right. The oh, the funny oh one. well, we don't want to hear that. I thought you found the Mo Doi, uh... No, I don't have it handy. I don't even know well, what it is. let me see if I can find it. There it is. There you go. Didn't take that long. Just, just a little taste is all we need. Now, that was uh, Hugo Montenegro, wasn't it, that uh, did that music? Did the score for Hugo that Hugo Montenegro, very good, yes. Right. The good, the bad, what and the name, Dan Brokenbrow. That sounds all big. P.E.S. Pest faxed us yesterday, now all of a sudden becoming chronic. As a child, there were two movies I saw over and over. Mary Poppins, because I couldn't get over thinking maybe I'd get a black umbrella and be able to fly. And I'm sure that uh, this person probably can by now. And the second movie was The Exorcist. Oh, that's a good one. How come we haven't put that on there? Boy, well, I, I, every time that comes on, I watch it. It's fun. And the only one I recall watching a few times, the original Dirty Harry. So are you feeling lucky, punk? <laughs> Dirty Harry and The Exorcist. Well, Certainly not going to put Mary Poppins on there. Huh? Why not? You want to put Mary Poppins on there? I never saw well, it. Well, you got The Wizard of Odds on there, too, which yeah. I, I just... Well, no, I never saw Sound of Music, either. These people are confusing them. They don't understand it, which, of course, is nothing new. I don't think I've seen a Julie Andrews Why would anybody want to see The Wizard of Oz over and over and over? Why, why I don't want to see it again? Well, what's there to see again? So, to, to hear some of that great music. Like what? Follow the yellow brick road. Follow yeah. The, yeah, that kind of stuff. Too much of that. I told you, Elton John. Did yeah, I just say that a minute ago? There you go with that uh, yellow brick road crap again. Blazing Saddles 114. Movie other than The Godfathers, which, of course, would win, just, just beat the snot out of any of these. A movie you could watch a zillion times. Blazing Saddles 114, 
Pulp Fiction 83, Animal House 65, My Cousin Vinny 61, National Lampoon Vacation 55, The Great Escape 42, Wizard of Oz 42, How Sad, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles 41, Glen Gary, Glen Ross, You, you Fairy 38, Fargo 35, The Naturals got about 30, man. That's even more sad. Rocky Horror Picture Show 25. Bring a lot of fruit and produce. Life of Brian, 21. Heat, 17. The Shawshank Redemption, 16. I wonder if Jason Blasbaugh is watching that right now. Reservoir Dogs, 15. Joe Dirt, 13. Caddyshack and Sin City and West Side Story, 11 apiece. Let It Ride, 9. Airplane, 8. Roger Rabbit, 7. Dumb and Dumber, uh, 5. Also 5 for Rounders. 4 for Casino. The Day the Earth Stood Still, 3. Die Hard, 3. Minority Report 3. Office Space has got two already. Office Space, I told you, it's great. Never oh, heard funny. of it. Yeah. Coming to America 2. You're not eating now, are you? I am. Scarface 2. Spartacus 2. Imaginary Heroes 2. Platoon 1. One for Little Big Man. None yet for The Exorcist, The Good, The Bad, and Neil Rogers. The Karate Kid. Sling Blade, Our Lethal Weapon, out of 805. 805 at 1114. Got all those numbers? Good. Because we're going to be taking a real serious quiz. And the winner gets a, a date. Date with uh, Mad Dog's family in, in uh, the Slammer in Detroit. With his wife? Uh, now, don't start. See, there you go. You're the one that was ripping his kids again and bringing back the memories of how they used to just yeah, was terrorize me. IOD when they were like, they were just little kids then, okay? You know, like 15. <laughs> yeah. Just tearing up the UPI machine and just uh, out of control. Out of control, man. Hey, attention, men. <laughs> sister all my life that is why she's now my wife and i think my son may know it's true he's my nephew too well my daddy is my uncle joe my mother is my dear aunt Flo. it is very plain to see my first cousin is me The good, the bad, and the ugly, and uh, Italian, as a matter of fact. And right. guess what? This faxer, the iodine that was sending us uh -huh. all those pain in the ass faxes yesterday, you're still an idiot. That's why it's I sent it to you. Sorry, no. Sergio yeah. Leone did the score. No, he didn't do the score. He was the director, okay? Uh -huh. I hate to break the news to you, Mr. Expert. Mr. Ayamama, you made a mistake. No. It's probably from a Mike Rosenthal. You made it. a mistake. I love it when we get faxes like that correcting yeah. ours. Give, giving me a lecture about Hugo Montenegro. It was a big hit, as a matter of fact. February That's 68. Right. Look, you look it up, schmuck. And I've got two Iodine. versions of it right here, and they both say Hugo Montefrica Negro. Right. Did all of Clint Spaghetti Western. Yeah, he directed him, Sergio Lerner. Right. He was a director. He didn't do the score. It says he did the score. Guess what? <laughs> Idiot. Go and gargle with iodine. There you go. There's Hugo Montenegro. I got the movie version. I've got the single radio version, and they both say Hugo Montenegro. Well, of course. I mean, is, is that a debate? Jeez, I'm not get taking a name credit like for that, no one that. We're not looking for no props for pops. Il buono, il brutto e uh, il cattivo in, in uh, Torino. 5670560. Oh, right. One thing, the Italian, though, is so much small to you, though. Torino. I mean, who wants Turin? Turin sounds like dull, like I'm sure it is there. 
way up there in northern Italy. It's way up in the Alps. Tourists don't go there. Nobody goes there. In fact, why the hell? They, the only reason that they had the Winter Olympics there is because it's up in the Alps. Right. They got like good skiing and stuff and ice and it's frigid. Like a lot of those uh, Italian women. That's not what I heard. No, trust me. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil. How you doing? Okay. I thought you were talking about who wrote the score, which was Ennio Morricone, who, not Hugo Montenegro, but he's Guillermo playing. Marconi? No, no. Ennio, Ennio Morricone. He wrote all those scores for all those. Emilio, Bel uh, Enrico Bellai. Check it out. I'm serious. But that's not what I was talking about. I said, who, who I know, did the music? It was Hugo Montenegro. The guy who called Sergio Leone, though, that's pretty funny. Yeah, he it's was amusing. The director. He, he did uh, Once Upon a Time in America, too. He did he re that's right. He was the one at the end of the movie. He gave us all that crap about, well, maybe maybe it was just a, a, a dream, a trip, uh, who knows, you know. Yeah, he was he was a genius, but he was a little crazy. Well, thank God for that. Thanks, Pally. Okay, what do you say, Enrico Belli? Right. A great uh, trotting driver from Italy. He's got his own website, you know. I'm sure you probably want to check that out after the show. Oh, yeah. Wayne Gretzky, who's got the food today? I bet you it's uh, Howie's. Yes. See, I know it. I can tell by the sound of you guys it. chomping. I can smell it. Yeah, I can smell it. I can uh, feel it. In fact, I'm starting to get like a little, uh, starting to squirm around right. my chair a little In honor bit. of that article you read, I'm having two kinds of pork. Really? Wayne Gretzky's wife, what's that, about Ariel Sharon? How's Ariel doing, by the way? Anybody, they're Who? talking about Fashion Week with Designers Fall Collections on CNN. On MSNBC, they must be hawking and trying to come out something besides Ariel Sharon. What are they talking about? Oh, they're in commercial right now. So nobody knows from Ariel Sharon no more. We're supposed to not ask no questions, okay? Don't you ask. Wayne Gretzky's wife. You know that uh, Janet Jones, the actress, uh, the blonde that used to look pretty good about 100 years ago? I know her well. Who married him for uh, obviously not his appearance or uh, his uh, money. Wayne Gretzky's wife and about a half a dozen NHL players placed bets, but not on hockey, with a nationwide sports gambling ring financed by Phoenix Coyotes assistant coach Rick Tockett, authority said yesterday. And, of course, Hank did call him Rick Toshe on IOD one night. I was in the car. I was going to the track, and I just about uh, plotted. Well, DeBreeze was the first one in the other-colored jersey. Now, Trevor takes his helmet off, and DeBreeze and him are throwing punches. Sounds like Joe Bowen is, uh, like, losing his voice, too. He's probably a little under the weather. He's got a little something. Anyway, we don't want to start with that hockey talk, but nevertheless, this isn't about hockey. It's about gambling. Remember when Hank said that? And he's right. Mm -hmm. Gretzky, hockey's greatest player, says here. Now, who are, this is Sports Illustrated. No, he's not hockey's greatest player. He never was and never will be, and uh, that's crap. He couldn't lick Bobby Orr's butt. Remember that little girl? What was her name? Oh, Happy uh, Buzz. Uh, yeah, Happy Buzz. Gretzky is in his first season coaching the Coyotes and is part owner of the team. Actress wife Janet Jones was among those implicated. Two law enforcement officials told the A&P, speaking on condition of anonymity because no betters have been publicly identified. Asked about her involvement, Gretzky laughed and asked, Oh, really? I don't know. You have to ask her that. <laughs> That's what he did. He went just like, like that. In fact, maybe he did his Greg Reed imitation and went like, yeah. like that, which really would have been good. State Police Colonel Rick Fuentes. See, that's in New Jersey, man. I got all your people in there now. Rick Fuentes said an investigation of the New Jersey-based ring discovered the processing of more than 1,000 wagers exceeding $1.7 million on professional and college sports, mostly football and basketball. I mean, who the hell wants to bet on hockey anyway? Especially in the U.S., eh? The developments came at a sensitive time for the NHL, which is trying to win fans back after that season-long lockout. And just days before, many of its best players will showcase their talent at the Turin Olympics, it says here. It doesn't say Torino. It says the Turin Olympics. How do you like that? Like I said, sure. SI, man, they got their finger right on it. 
Tucker was served with a criminal complaint Monday and was expected to travel from his Arizona home to answer charges of promoting gambling, money laundering, and conspiracy, Fuente said. A criminal complaint informs Tockett of authorities' intention to formally charge him and the need for him to arrange to travel to New Jersey for formal charging or face arrest. It's not a hockey-related issue. It's a football thing. And at this time, I can't come in any further, Tockett said after the Coyotes practiced yesterday. Gretzky said Tockett will be on the bench for last night's home game against Chicago and be business as usual. I wonder who won that game. Do you know? Blackhawks or the uh, Coyotes? Oh, 3-1 Chicago. Boy, that's really bad. I'll tell you, they must have been under a lot of stress because the Blackhawks lose every game. And right there in Phoenix, they beat the uh, Coyotes 3-1. That's bad. Everyone, of the, now, you see how fast I found that? That was great. That was good. Well, that's because I got my, uh, my hockey score channel. I, I got it all here, man. I got my finger, my thumb right on it. This business about being out of touch. I'm like uh, uh, See this? this got the Leaf game in an hour from last night. 4-1 to win over Atlanta. Panthers shot out uh, Washington 5-0 last night. How about that Sim kid, huh? A big, don't, a big Simus about him. Anyway. Uh, everyone in the world is innocent until proven guilty, Gretzky said. He's a great guy and a good friend. He's just going through a tough time now, obviously, and we've got to let it run its course. Tockett now is that in Jersey uh, State Trooper arrested in connection with a gambling ring case is his friend. Tockett said he would cooperate with the investigation. We understand that Mr. Tockett's conduct in no way involved betting on hockey. NHL's Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly, who's almost as dumb as Gary Bettman, said, and while betting on football or other sports may be the pervasive issue, it in no way justifies poor judgment or otherwise alleged inappropriate conduct. The NHL's conducting its own in infernal investigation. So have no fear because Bill Daly is here. Remember that song, Won't You Come Home, Bill Daly? Or you remember Dan that? Daly? Huh? What year was that? That was Jack Bailey from Vernon Downs. I want to watch the uh, game again because Leafs won a game. Wow. What a save, huh? You impressed by that? No. Anyway, I've got to get to those very important articles. Also, the article about how Carl uh, Rove is, like, um, counting heads on the Senate Judiciary Committee, and, and they're putting a lot of pressure on every one of those Republicans because if they lose that, they got real tourists, baby. they got real tourists and embarrassment. If even his own party says, like Arlene Inspector is saying, hey, guess what? You're uh, violating the law. Because that could certainly lead to, like, impeachment and speechment. You know what I'm saying? What he said. I said, let's go for it. Do it. Blazing Saddles continues leading the pack. That is just, talk about infernal. That just is infuriating. It's so outrageous. Other than Godfather, a movie could watch a trillion times. 846 votes. We'll get that thousand so easy. You hear that phone ringing in the back, by the way? No, but I could arrange it. Blazing Saddles, 118. Pulp Fiction, 87. Animule House, 66. My Cousin Vinny, 64. National Lampoon Vacation, 56. And Wizard of Oz, 44. Now, of that group, of that group, let's see, My Cousin Vinny, I don't think I saw. I've seen all the other ones. And I don't. And National Lampoon Vacation is funny, but I've seen it 40 times already. Sure. Uh, of that first six, there's not one I want to see again. Not one. In fact, Pulp Fiction, I'm sorry, I saw it the first two or three times. I tried watching the whole, all the way through. Yeah. And then I started scraping that mayonnaise off my uh, file. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Join the NRA. Shoot your gun today. Have yourself some down on Christian fun. Oh, right. Blow your friends away. Sweeter when you can. 
catch your heater. Carry a license to be deadly. Come on and join today. It's the American way to be a member of the NRA. Aim for the heat. Aim for the chest. And always aim for the head. In case they're wearing a vest. Sharpen your skin. Feel more fun. Be there to defend your right to own the gun. Come on and join today. And you'll be proud to say you're a member of the NRA. How's it going, eh? 11.32, 28 till noon at QAM. We got uh, Geldy at 2 o'clock. We apologize for that. Mad Dog at 4 with some wild stories about his wife and kids in Detroit getting busted. Ennio Marconi. Is that Maricone? Macaroni. Ennio Marconi. Uh, why, why do we care about this? Did this oh, guy I've never heard of this guy, and I was uh, just fact Born uh, November 10, 28, an Italian composer, especially known for his film scores. He has composed the scores in more than 500 films and TV series, although only 30 of those... Are for Western films, it's for this work and that he's best known. Morricone's sparse style of composition for the genre is especially exemplified by the soundtracks of the classic spaghetti westerns, The Good, The Bad, and Neil Rogers, Once Upon a Time in the West. In more recent years, his haunting scores for the... Oh, well, wait a minute. He did Once Upon a Time in the West. Did he also do Once Upon a Time in America, or is the guy making that up? I don't know. No, Sergio Leone re- uh, directed Once Upon a Time in America. No. And Once Upon a Time in the West. In more recent years, his haunting scores for the mission... The Untouchables and Cinema Paradiso, that was a great movie, have demonstrated his so giftedness the and the power of his work. You didn't see the mission. You see uh, Cinema Paradiso? Yeah, I did. A lot of urine. Okay, now here's a little trivia for you. Who actually whistled on his own record? Love Letters in the Sand, Dot Records, 1958 really? or 9. I, I don't know. Pat Boone. He was a whistler? Remember the whistling part? No, I'd better look that up. You better get with it, man. 5670560, oh, pound 560 in the Verizon Singular. I don't, wireless I don't have lines. that. Huh? I, you I don't have Love Letters in the Sand by Pat Goon? No, I got Moody River and Speedy Gonzalez. No, we sure don't want to hear neither of them. No, thank you. Okay, here's line nine, which we might give a shot once, and there's nobody on it. That's probably a big improvement over what was there. Not our favorite line. Josh likes that line, though, because he gets a few yucks off it. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil, I got one for you, Paul. Yes, sir. What about Pink Floyd, The Wall? Okay. Okay, well, uh, yeah, if you like Pink Floyd, I guess you want to see them sing, right? I don't want to see them. Well, I don't, don't want to hear them either. actually see them in the movie, but uh, it's a great movie. Okay, well, I'll take your word for it. 5670560. Why would anybody want to see that over and over again, though? What was it's good, good and, like you said, if you like the music. It's oh. a good movie. And the music. Well, I got another one. If if we're going to do that, I'll I'll give you another one. Okay, sure. What about standing in the shadows of Motown? Is that chopped liver, huh? I'll take Motown any day over your Pink Floyd, mister. Pink sounds awfully gay to me. Let's put something really butch on there, like the Funk Brothers and Ben Harper. Cover this crap. In fact, let's all get in a bus and go to Harper Woods and get our wife beat up. How do you like that? Challenge. 
Pulls it back. Now to McCain once more. Looking for some shooting room. Goes to Tucker. Back to McCain. The Cavalier to McCain. Can't shoot it. Get a good judgment and maintain it. Do I hear the rest of the game or what? Oh, yeah, it's great. Smoking the Bandit, somebody says, well, I just want to see the second goal there. I mean, Leafs lose almost every day, so the fact they won a game, I want to see it over and over and over again. What's wrong with that? Smoking the Bandit, says Steve, when I get home, the first thing I'm going to do is punch your mom in the mouth, says Jackie Gleason. Steve, Smoking the Bandit. Okay. You want to see that even the first time? I saw it in the theater the first time. You saw it in the theater with Burt Reynolds and uh, was, uh, Dom like DeLuise? 13 years old or 14. Uh, what I tell you. Okay, so there you go. Smoking the Bandit put that thing on there. Okay, Carl Rove counting heads on the Senate Judiciary Committee. The White House has been twisting arms to ensure that no Republican member votes against President Bush in the Senate Judiciary Committee's investigation of the administration's unauthorized wiretapping. Congressional sources said Deputy Chief of Staff Carl Rove has threatened to blacklist any Republican who votes against the President. The sources said the blacklist would mean a halt in any White House political or financial support of senators running for re-election in November. It's hardball all the way, a senior GOP congressional aide said. The sources said the administration has been alarmed over the damage that could result from the Senate hearings, which began on Monday. They said the defection of even a handful of Republican committee members could result in a determination that the president violated the 1978 Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. Such a determination could lead to impeachment proceedings. <laughs> Over the last few weeks, Mr. Rove has been calling in virtually every Republican on the Senate Committee, as well as the leadership in Congress. The sources said Mr. Rove's message has been that a vote against Mr. Bush would uh, destroy GOP prospects in congressional elections this fall. Rove is lining them up one by one, another congressional source said. Mr. Rove is leading the White House campaign to help the GOP in November's congressional elections. The sources said the White House has offered to help loyalists with money and free publicity, such as appearances and photo ops with your president. Those deemed disloyal to Mr. Rove would appear on his blacklist. The sources said dozens of GOP members in the House and Senate are on that list. So far, only a handful of GOP senators have questioned Mr. Rove's tactics. Some have raised doubts about Mr. Rove's strategy of painting the Democrats who have opposed unwarranted surveillance as being dismissive of the threat posed by al-Qaeda terrorists. Well, I don't like uh, what Mr. Rove said because it frames terrorism and the issue of terrorism and everything that goes with it, whether it's the renewal of the Patriot Act or the NSA wiretapping in a political context of Nebraska Republican Chuck Hagel. He's going to get himself blacklisted pretty soon, you know, if you don't watch his P's and Q's. He's always out there on the limb, that Chuck Hagel. Good. He's not uh, goose-stepping in line, and I'm not too happy about that. And then Arlen Specter, man, all of a sudden that cancer might just come back real fast, like it did to Jack Ruby if you don't watch his P's and Q's. Maybe that's why he got religion. That, that could be it. Maybe that's why his hair started growing back mm -hmm. in. Or maybe he went to see Chuck Alfieri. That's what a clean conscience will do. Five, six, seven. Now, let's see. We've got those two on this whole cartoon crap, which, like I said, it's a bunch of crap. It's all orchestrated. The Christopher Hitchens article is probably the best thing I've ever read on the year, and the saddest part is that we don't have 20 million people listening. That's the sad part. All this crap. Oh, he's reading newspaper articles. Yeah, that's right. I'm reading because you're not. Because you're busy watching Blazing Saddles over and over and over again. And the Wizard of Oz. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Yank it, baby. And now, the show that's the antidote to those liberal media distortions of our government. It's the West Texas Wing. My fellow Americans, I come before you tonight to explain why it's okay for me to easy drop on your telephone conversationals. You see, 
I only listened to the calls of suspected Al-Qaeda terrorists. I'd never listened to the calls of good, honest, God-fearing, patriotic Americans. Oh, oh, by the way, if Betty Dubois from Pueblo, Colorado is watching tonight, your husband's cheating on you with your sister. And that nice guy who just moved in across the street, he, he ain't divorced. He's gay. But, but there's nothing wrong with that. You know, unless he's a cowboy. <laughs> Come back next time for a fair and balanced, compassionately conservative view of our government in action. Only on the West Texas Wing. 17 to noon at QAM, two Miami-based TV reporters and two cameramen were injured and briefly jailed by Bahamian police while covering the detention of Cuban migrants on the island, Mon. You ready for that? Okay. Manuel Vallejo, a reporter with WLTV Univision 23, sustained a cut to his head yesterday. He was treated at a local hospital, received seven stitches, and released. He's back in Miami today, says your herald. Cameraman Esvaldo Duarte, also of Channel 23, was arrested along with Telemundo Channel 51 reporter Alberto Tavares and cameraman Lazaro Obreu. The men were eventually released. It's unclear if all their equipment was returned. Well, that's one thing if they, you know, if they don't give you back your equipment. I'm telling you. Emilio Marrero, Channel 23's news director, said Vallejo and Duarte had been in Nassau covering the plight of seven Cubans rescued last week from a deserted Bahamian island. On Tuesday, the crew was outside the Carmichael Detention Center where the group was being detained. They were there to cover a reunion between the migrants and their Miami relatives who flew down. We don't know what happened, but things got out of hand. On the air, Vallejo said the scuffle began as he was on his cell phone at the station back in Miami reporting that Obreo was being arrested. A Bahamian officer grabbed him and slammed him against a parked car. He split his head above his eyebrow, Marrero said. The Cuban migrants had complained to Vallejo that the guards had been mistreating them when they arrived Sunday. It sounds almost like that episode in China, you know? Very much. Thank God we got freedom of the press all around the world, and people can report the truth. Like, for example, in cartoons. I'm going to take my time and read these very carefully, because, like I said, I'm right on the edge of a, um, a cold experience. You ever have a cold experience? No. Like what? Like I'd rather even have a lukewarm experience. The cartoon, this is by Thomas Lifson. And the website this is from is realclearpolitics.com. The cartoon crisis which has left embassies ablaze and sparked riots from Beirut to Bangkok and Jakarta was a set-up job planned and executed by a group of Muslim leaders from Denmark in concert with the leading lights of the Islamic world. The conspirators used supremely inflammatory phony cartoons never published in the Danish newspaper Islands Posten to gin up a campaign of violence and intimidation against Denmark, the EU, and the West. The instantaneous availability of Danish flags for burning an obscure outpost of the Muslim world suggests a great deal of advanced planning. Oh, don't you have a bunch of Danish flags laying around there? Oh, just some Danishes. No. Oh. Those involved in taking a four-month-old incident in faraway Denmark and making it into a crisis roiling the streets of Beirut, Bangkok, and Jakarta, among other Muslim outposts, include Arab League Secretary Amr Musa, Grand Imam of Al-Hazar Mosque Sheikh Mohammed Syed Tantawi, and Sunni Islam's most influential scholar Yusuf Al-Kardawi, according to Lorenzo Vedino of the Counterterrorism blog. These are very heavy hitters in the UMA, the world community of Muslims. Two questions raised themselves about this crisis manufactured by the who's who of the world in Islam. Why was the plan created and put into effect, and why now? The answer to the second question is likely found in the need to whip up Muslim unity in the face of, a, of several severe challenges to the world's political agenda. As Richard Baer notes, the new Hamas government of the Palestinian territories needs to continue on life support via cash infusions from the European Union and other donor nations, including the U.S., Fear and chastening have usually worked to unlock resources and sympathy in the past, so why not now? Meanwhile, 
Iran is facing potentially serious consequences for the, from the referral of its nuclear program to the U.N. Security Council, not to mention a possible military attack on said facilities. Syria and its clients in Lebanon also face ongoing pressure and consequences from the assassination of former Lebanese President, uh, Prime Minister Hariri. At such a time, anti-Western anger serves to unite the fractious Sunni and Shiite elements of the Ummah and make the infidels more cautious about the Arab or Muslim street in case they plan any actual use of force or any other compulsion. Those answers to question two alone may seem to be sufficient to generate an answer to question one, but there are longer-term, far more important strategic goals being advanced, matters beyond the immediate tactical considerations of hardball geopolitics, no matter how serious these immediate concerns may be. President Bush has repeatedly made the argument that we must work with and strengthen the forces of moderate Islam to combat those who have hijacked a great religion. Although it's far too impolite for any political leader to admit, the real terms of the struggle we face are as follows. One, a subset of the world's 1.4 billion or so Muslims wants to destroy freedom of religion and impose Sharia law on all humanity. The global caliphate is the name for this ideal slate toward which they strive and for which many will happily sacrifice their lives. Even the smallest estimates number these activists, recently labeled Islamofascists, but existing virtually throughout the almost 1,400 years of Islam in the millions. Ever since Muslim conquerors rode out of Arabia in the century following Muhammad's death, Islam has sought to spread the true faith throughout the world. The injunction to force the rest of humanity to choose between conversion and death or dimitidude is not merely a matter of saving souls, the power of driving Christian evangelism, or compassion for fellow men trapped in suffering, the mode of driving Buddhist outreach. Islam is dictated by a scripture. It's not merely a matter of personal faith. It's also a political system forever unchangeable based on the Koran and Hadith, whatever that is. Hadith? Two, a much larger subset of the Ummah lacks deep commitment to establishing a global caliphate and watches for signals to guide its behavior toward each other and other faiths. Most Muslims, like other human beings, just want to get along and take care of their families and their lives. For them, whatever political and religious system has power where they live is the one they'll follow, however grudgingly or enthusiastically their circumstances and values may incline them to do. Three, there is abundant scripture and tradition sanctioning the use of extreme violence against those who in any way are seen to deny, mock, or insult Muhammad and Islam or any of their teachings. Four, the only way that Islamo-fascism can be defeated and the world's Muslims live in harmony with other faiths is today's interconnect in today's interconnected world is for questions of faith to be discussed without fear. Fundamental questions need to be debated among Muslims without the use of violence against unbelievers and those Muslims who dare question any scriptural teachings. The rest of us must be permitted to express opinions as well. Muslim immigrant and Dutch member of parliament, Hirsi Ali, who now is living hiding under death threats, makes the point convincingly. A free discussion of Islam remains rare and dangerous, certainly in the Islamic world, and even in our politically correct times in the West. Apostasy is still punishable by long prison sentences and even death in many Islamic countries, such as Pakistan and Iran. You cannot liberalize Islam without criticizing the Prophet and the Koran. You cannot redecorate a house without entering inside. Those who seek the same goal as the Islamo-fascists, the global reign of Islam as the unchallenged religion of humanity, understand Hirsi Ali's point very well. For them, it's essential that ordinary members of the Ummah never see fundamental questions raised and never start raising them on their own. For once degrees of individual autonomy are granted on spiritual questions and the right to question and make up one's own mind becomes established, the top-down pattern of divinely sanctioned authority inherent in the idea of global caliphate collapses. Moderate Muslims, by definition, are people who recognize some limits on scriptural injunctions to spread the faith by violence. Questioning religious injunctions from others and deciding for oneself the best answers is the only way such moderation will spread in the Ummah. Remember that song, Papa Ummah? I do. Now? Want to hear it? 
By seeking to establish a global norm, a custom enforced by social sanction, not law, that Sharia restrictions shall apply even in non-Muslim lands, the Islamo-fascists are engaging in prophylaxis, preventing the disease of free discussion and debate over topics they wish to control exclusively from ever gaining traction and possibly spreading to their own constituency. It is quite understandable that caring, sensitive Westerners seek to avoid offending the religious sensibilities of any serious believers, Muslims included. Such empathy is normally a highly commendable impulse, but... Exceeding to the demand that those most willing to use violence be allowed to control the discussion and stifle debate among infidels and Muslims alike is a betrayal of not only the moderate Muslims, but of all those who hope someday to live in peace with an Islam that grants legitimacy to religious dissent and to the claims of other faiths. How do you like that? Very good. It's all it's a setup deal, man. It's all a hype job. Speaking of hype job. Second part is restrained spending. Yeah, restrained spending. Yeah. That's why we're giving all the, uh, we're making permanent those tax cuts for the rich, all his big buddies. Yeah, some people call you my, uh, what was it? What was it? And in, in, in Fahrenheit 9-11. Some people call you my constituency. I call you oh, my base. My base, yeah. Yeah, my base. Now, <laughs> yeah. now, the article by Christopher Hitchens, which I think is going to take too long, isn't it? No, no. What do you mean by No, no I don't mean too long to read. I see. I just don't want to start it off myself oh, and cut okay. it off in midstream. There's nothing no, worse than starting something really good and then cutting it off in midstream. I'm right? right? for the rest of the day, then. Oh, boy. Five six seven oh five sixty. We're wide open here for all these silly ass movies you want to put on here. A movie you could watch a zillion times, other than The Godfather. We don't know no Godfather. Nine oh eight. That's kind of great. It's not even noon yet. We got over nine hundred votes. I bet you even Josh is in a coma. <laughs> I'm whipped up, man. No, you're in a coma. You're not listening to these this, this stuff I'm reading. You're eating lunch. No, I'm done with one. You don't care about network. You don't care about Islam. You don't care about these cartoons. All these people that are getting killed because of the fact that they dare to, uh, you know, publish it, which they didn't publish the cartoon in the first place. It's just a pack of lies. In addition to which, the cartoons that they did print were back in September, and here it is almost the middle of February. Then they find it. That's almost as strange as all these uh, people in the hinterlands having these Danish flags to start burning. Huh? It's one thing to reach in the cupboard and pull out a nice cheese Danish. It's another thing to reach in the uh, closet and pull out a, a Danish flag or a Danish fag, of which there are so many. Are they? Nevertheless, you've never, never been to Copenhagen. No, they got no. some neat 7-Elevens there. <laughs> and then they got that little, uh, I, I can't even think of what that amusement park is. What's it called? That little Hans Christian Andersen, like the miniature Disney World. It's really crap. Oh, Tivoli, Tivoli Gardens. Oh, okay. Little Dutch boy you gardens. You don't ever want to go there. It's like for a little people. Well, you might like it. You're a little guy. Right. Kind of funny looking. Mm-hmm. You might like it there. Tivoli Gardens. It sucks. It's like a miniature, uh, but the food there is very good. They have good restaurants. Copenhagen's okay. It's kind of boring now. You know what I'm saying? So, so in other words, if I were you, I'd like to go to uh, Torino. Oh, yeah. i got big plans. Torino. Go see the Winter Olympics. Torino. Tortellino in Torino. Get some uh, tortellini in, in uh, Torino. <laughs> and you can take Mr. Mancini with you if he ain't dead yet. And <laughs> have some linguini. There you go. And wash off your... WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil, two for the power, babe. Yeah. Okay, how about Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross? It's on there, man. And how about Rick, Rick, you've got to help me, Rick. You know what that's from, right? <laughs> I see you're laughing. I haven't got any idea what he's talking about. I've never seen it, but I've seen that clip. It's the Maltese Falcon. Oh, the Maltese Falcon. That's David. Uh, oh, or, my God. Or uh, grandma. Casablanca. I'm not sure. I don't know. Is it Rick, the Casablanca guy? You're, you're asking me? Oh, I never saw it. Well, I did about 100 years ago. We're not, we're not putting no Humphrey Bogart movies on it. What about the Canine Mutiny? 
Sure, I watched it again the other day. See, there but you go. Still. Let's get that on there. The Kane Mutiny. Let's spell it right, okay? Ah, who cares? Candy Kane Mutiny. C-A-I-N-E. Kane Mutiny. Mutiny on the counter. Got it, Josh? He got it. No wonder they don't want to pay him. Five, six, seven. I got a really exciting story about that new H. Since we're so movie intensive lately again, we go through these cycles where we become extremely movie intensive. Right. HD DVD is coming. Oh. Yeah. Remember I told you that? Toshiba's right. coming out with it. It's going to be out next month, and I'm going to be yep. one of the first ones on my block to get right. it. It's the minute that comes in. I want, want it. One I want it. And Josh, and TVs to go with it. Oh, well, Josh is buying me that big uh, 52-inch Sony. That, <laughs> no, that's uh, him buying Samsung. it for me. Yeah. Oh, is that how it all goes? Yeah. I thought now that you got the big bucks coming from that uh, job over there at Power. <laughs> hmm? Yeah. Just because you're working for free for uh, QAM. Did you ever get that deal straightened out, or is it just another pack of lies? They no. just don't want to install it. The deal is a, a pending. It's it's pending? It's pending, as we like to say. It's an as in patent pending? pending? Well, that, that sounds I'll, to me I'll like they're, updated just, as they're I'm just updated. stalling you off. They're just stalling you off. This is their famous routine. They do this all the time. Well, one good thing to know is that John DeBaker will probably bring another feast again very soon. Duff will probably uh, That's right. hop right on that. We're already talking about it. We're yeah. Because yeah. these guys were just raving about how great the pizza was. And right. uh, the garlic rolls, which are as big as Kimba Camper's fist and just uh, soft and uh, garlicky and delicious. Mm -hmm. I was sweating garlic the whole rest of the John day. John DeBaker, he's been around a long time. In fact, I used to uh, go uh, in uh, North Miami on Dixie Highway years ago. That's how long John DeBaker's been around in town, for like a zillion years. He was the 95-96 businessman of the year in North Miami, as a matter of fact. And now he's got two locations for you with his fantastic Italian goodies. You got one in Pembroke Pines at 125-92 Pines Boulevard, and a new location just opened on Sterling Road at Pine Island, Cooper City, at 8835 Sterling Road. The food is fantastic. The prices are low. You can walk in there like a slob or in a, a tuxedo, whatever you like. We're talking down-home Italian favorites like lasagna, chicken parmesan, veal and peppers, cannelloni, oversized hot and cold subs, and that famous. I can't wait to try one of these. You'll have to uh, send it up to me in a box. The famous sloppy sausage sub. Mm. Now, it's not somebody eating one of those. Really? Were they sloppy? Oh, yeah. And how about their sausage? And, of course, you can't say enough about the fantastic pizza. And, like I said, everything at John the Baker's is cooked fresh and at low, unbeatable prices, too. So you can take the whole family for a feast all the time. And Pepper Pies for a takeout, call 954-431-4315. That's 125-92 Pines Boulevard. And in Cooper City, call 954-252-0091. You'll find John the Baker at 8835 Sterling Road on the corner of Sterling and Pine Island, Cooper City. It just isn't getting it any better than John the Baker. I get tongue-tied just thinking about it. And I guarantee you, Duff will be bringing in some goodies mighty soon. This is Neil Rogers. Dr. Ferry. This is 560 QAM. This is Mark Morgan. It's the 12 to 1 hour on QAM. And now, another verse of celebrity poetry. Once an icon and sitting on top, gone is the magic for the king of pop. His name now causes the public to blanch, and so does the sound of Neverland Ranch. He's bad for kids like booze and tobacco, what a year it was for wacko jacko. His small little green Peter Pan costume, hanging up on a hook in his master bedroom. He'd read to children in PJs of silk, while offering the miners cookies and milk. But that too is over, it's time to abort, otherwise they'll drag him back into court. He's packed all his toys and moved overseas, he's boxed up his squirmel and little tyke's keys. 
But still Michael claims he did nothing wrong as he sets up a game of Donkey Kong. His lips shake and quiver, his colon spastic, his face looks as if it was made from plastic. He plays hide-and-seek and rides his unicycle, the strangest man alive's first name is Michael. This has been another verse of celebrity poetry. And right in line with that, before I get to your buddy uh, Christopher Hitchens, who ordinarily we can't stand, um, an Italian priest who runs a music label specializing in religious songs said yesterday or Monday that Michael Jackson could be one of several artists to sing on a CD of Pope John Paul II's Prayers. Uh-huh. The caution that the project is only a small idea that has yet to be run by the Vatican for approval. I have to run it on by a committee. See if the Swiss Guard approve of it. The label, Edizione Musicale Terzo Millennio. See, I'm only reading the story because I want to say that. The label, Edizione Musicale Terzo Millennio. Very nice. Well, I, I do my Italian, really. I have no idea what it is. Uh, something <laughs> about music edition of third millennium. Terzo, I don't know what has in past years introduced CDs of famous actors reciting poems composed by the late pontiff. Now the Reverend Giuseppe Mascotti said he's considering producing a CD in which singers perform songs with lyrics drawn from 24 prayers penned by John Paul. They're probably going to record it in Torino. It's only a hope and idea, Mascotti said in a telephone interview. He stressed that the recording label would have to buy the rights from Il Vaticano. We still have to propose this to the Vatican, Mascotti said. He added that any production would have to show respect for the greatness of John Paul. Yeah, your mama. Leisha sure was a snappy dresser, though. Oh, yeah. Not only do I have the Christopher Hitchens article, but guess what else? And this one's too long for me to read. No, it's not. I'm going to read it anyway. Ted Rawl. Oh, I love Ted Rawl and his cartoons. And we post the Bland Leading the Blind, the Nanny Press and the Cartoon Controversy. That's Ted Rawl's column. Should right. be on our website tomorrow, I do believe. Or maybe it's on there today. I don't know. And as a cartoonist, tomorrow. I'm uh, eager to hear his insights. Oh, we still have to propose this to the Vatican. The preset music industry contacts of his had inquired about Jackson's participation, but said we haven't met him or heard from him. Jackson's spokeswoman, Ramon K. Bain, said that about a year ago, Jackson was contacted by the Vatican to work on some music. Because he was in trial at the time, he wasn't able to focus on it. Hocus pocus, he's trying to get his focus. The pop star, but a beep, but a boop, we know that. But uh, it's not a... Uh, Vatican officials said they're unaware of any contacts with Michael Michael, but they sure would like to share I'm not. Think, I don't think they're talking about the music. Mm. Okay, let's see what movies you got here. Is one from um, about Davy Gravy Line. Yeah, they're wrong, but that's cute. Oh, you'll get amused. Jim and Palm Beach, who obviously need some very serious assistance. You had talked about Graveline a few weeks ago. I think this is the same guy as Cigar Dave. <laughs> well, Cigar Dave's name is Dave Zeplowitz. Okay, he has nothing to do with. Uh, he's not. If I'm correct, he's another one of those right-wing Nazi bastards. I was listening on WINZ several Saturdays ago, and a cigar show came on. No, that's not the uh, Davy Gravy line at all. No. And he immediately began pontificating for the Bush crime family, other Nazis. He talked a little about cigars. Then we'll go back preaching the right-wing bullshit. That was enough for me. First of all, when I heard him on WIOD, I thought he was an a-hole, and hearing him again confirm my assessment. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, so I thought I'd pass this along. My movie suggestion is The Longest Yard, the original. Jim, a listener since 87. Well, we'll let you off the hook this time for old sake, uh, for old time's sake. Mm-hmm. But get your uh, Davy Gravy line straightened out. And, and I'm sure Davy would be very miffed and upset to be confused with Cigar Dave Zeppelin, right. who, you're right, is a real a-hole, believe you me. So let me ask you something. So uh, where's uh, Davy Gravy line? I don't know. Then you got, well, I'm sure he's still doing that syndicated deal of his. He came uh, out, okay? I think so. Married that chick with the uh, young kids? Neil, sorry to be chronic, but uh, Mike in Melbourne, they could leave the silence of the land. How could they leave it off the pole? Uh, 
I watched it several uh, times. Favorite, but yeah, I've seen it like three. I don't, four I don't times. need to see it again. Do you? No. I, I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Never know. Ever see him and Mo together? Same guy. By the way, can you play Lime in the Coke? But I like the lemon in the Pepsi better. They took the lime. Oh, what's it's that a, called? It's a and don't forget what I told you. Good news. You got Diet Lime Pepsi now. I can't find it. Well, I got it. What do they call it? The bit? I don't the know. Boca, bit. Boca Brian bit. Uh, lime in the Pepsi. Or Lime in the Coke. I don't know. That's what it's called. I'm, that's not called either it's one of them. Lime or something. They put. Maybe it's called I'm, Pepsi. Uh, huh? I'm looking. Pepsi French Toast. You're going to have to find out from uh, Chicken Neck. I don't know what it's called. I'll play it. I'm thumbing through them here. Okay, thumb through it. Here, I read this yesterday, and again, I, I think I should read it every day. Because this, this echoes exactly where a lot of us mm -hmm. are coming from, okay? A lot of us who got a brain larger than uh, a, a, a pea in a pod. Christopher Hitchens writes, and this is on Slate, so it's not some, like I said the other day, not some liberal uh, propaganda. Cartoon debate, the case for mocking religion by Christopher Hitchens. As well as being a small masterpiece of inarticulacy and self-abnegation, the statement from the State Department about this week's international Muslim program against the free press was also accidentally accurate. Anti-Muslim images are as unacceptable as anti-Semitic images, as anti-Christian images, or any other religious belief. Thus, the hapless Sean McCormick reading painfully slowly from what was reported as a prepared government statement. How appalling for the country of the First Amendment to be represented by such an administration. What does he mean, unacceptable? That it should be forbidden? And how abysmal that a spokesman cannot distinguish between criticism of a belief system and slander against the people. However, the illiterate McCormick is right in unintentionally comparing racist libels to religious faith. How many people have pointed out that the Arab and Muslim press is replete with anti-Jewish caricature, often of the most lurid and hateful kind? In one way, the comparison is hopelessly inexact. These foul items mostly appear in countries where the state decides what is published or broadcast. However, when Muslims republish the protocols of the elders of Zion or perpetuate the story of Jewish blood sacrifice at Passover, they're recycling the fantasies of the Russian Orthodox secret, Christian secret police and centuries of Roman Catholic and Lutheran propaganda. And when an Israeli politician refers to Palestinians as snakes or pigs or monkeys, it is near to a certainty that he'll be a rabbi, most usually Rabbi Ovedia Yosef, the leader of the disgraceful Shas party, and will cite Talmudic authority for his racism. For most of human history, religion and bigotry have been two sides of the same coin, and it still shows. Therefore, there is a strong case for saying that the Danish newspaper, Islands Posten, and those who have reprinted its efforts out of solidarity, are affirming the right to criticize not merely Islam, but religion in general. And the Bush administration has no business at all expressing an opinion on that. If it has anything to say, it's constitutionally obliged to uphold the right and no more. You can be sure that the relevant European newspapers have also printed their share of cartoons making fun of nuns and popes and messianic Israeli settlers and taunting child-raping priests. There was a time when this would not have been possible, but those taboos have been broken. Which is what taboos are for. Islam makes very large claims for itself. In its art, there is a prejudice against representing the human form at all. The prohibition on picturing the prophet, which was only another male mammal, is apparently absolute. So is the prohibition on pork or alcohol, or in some Muslim societies, music or dancing. Dining, dancing. Very well, then, let a good Muslim abstain rigorously from all of these. But if he claims the right to make me abstain as well, he offers the clearest possible warning and proof of an aggressive intent. This current uneasy coexistence is only an interlude, he seems to say. For the moment, all I can do is claim to possess absolute truth and demand absolute immunity from criticism, but in the future, you'll do what I say, and you'll do it in pain of death. 
I refuse to be spoken to in that tone of voice, which just happens I chance to find offensive. By the way, hasn't the word offensive really become offensive lately? The innate human revulsion against desecration is much older than any monotheism. Its most powerful expression is in the Antigone of Sophocles. It belongs to civilization. I'm not asking for the right to slaughter a pig in a synagogue or a mosque or to believe myself on a holy book, but I won't be told I can't eat pork, and I will not respect those who burn books on a regular basis. I, too, have strong convictions and beliefs and value the Enlightenment above any priesthood or sacred fetish object. It's revolting to me to breathe the same air as wafts from the exhalations of the madrasas or the reeking fumes of the suicide murderers or the sermons of Billy Graham and Joseph Ratzinger. But these same principles of mine also prevent me from wreaking random violence on the nearest church or kidnapping a Muslim at random and holding him hostage or violating diplomatic immunity by attacking the embassy or the envoys of even the most despotic Islamic state or making a moronic spectacle of myself threatening blood and fire to faraway individuals who may have hurt my feelings. The babyish rumor-fueled tantrums that erupt all the time, especially in the Islamic world, show yet again that faith belongs to the spoiled and selfish childhood of our species. As it happens, the cartoons themselves are not very brilliant or very mordant either, but if Muslims don't want their alleged prophet identified with barbaric acts or adolescent fantasies, they should say publicly that random murder for virgins is not in their religion. And here one runs up against a curious reluctance. In fact, Sunni Muslim leaders can't even seem to condemn the blowing up of Shiite mosques and funeral processions, which even I would describe as sacrilege. Of course, there are many millions of Muslims who do worry about this, and another reason for condemning the idiots at Foggy Bottom is their assumption, dangerous in many ways, that the first lynch mob on the scene is actually the genuine voice of the people. There's an insult of, uh, to, to Islam, if you like. The question of offensiveness is easy to decide. First, suppose that we all agreed to comport ourselves in order to avoid offending the believers. How could we ever be sure that we had taken enough precautions? On Saturday, I appeared on CNN, which was so terrified of reprisal that it pixelated the very cartoons that viewers needed to see. And this ignoble fear in Atlanta, Georgia, arose because of an illustration in a small Scandinavian newspaper of which nobody ever heard before. It is, is it not clear, then, that those who are determined to be offended will discover a provocation somewhere? We can't possibly adjust enough to please the fanatics, and it's degrading to make the attempt. Second, and important enough to be insisted upon, can the discussion be carried on without the threat of violence or the automatic resort to it? When Salman Rushdie published the Satanic Verses in 1988, he did so in the hope of forwarding a discussion that was already opening in the Muslim world between extreme Quranic literalists and those who hoped that the text could be interpreted. We know what his own reward was, and we sometimes forget that the fatwa was directed not just against him, but against all those involved in his publication, which led to the murder of the book's Japanese translator and the near deaths of another translator and one publisher. I went on crossfire at one point to debate some spokesman for outraged faith and said that we on our side would happily debate the, proper, the propriety of using holy writ for literary and artistic purposes, but that we would not exchange a word until the person on the other side of the podium had put away his gun. The menacing Muslim big mouth on the other side refused to forswear state-sponsored suborning of assassination and was, of course, backed up by the Catholic bigot Pat Buchanan. The same point holds for international relations. There can be no negotiation under duress or under the threat of blackmail and assassination, and civil society means that free expression trumps the emotions of anyone to whom free expression might be inconvenient. It's depressing to have to restate these obvious precepts, and it's positively outrageous that the administration should have, to have discarded them at the very first sign of a fight. I think we ought to read that like every hour. I, I love it. I think you ought to read it. Read it better than I can. I'll print it up. Fumbling and bumbling. You want to yeah, read it? Have Josh read it. Let's have Josh read it. What do you say, Josh? All right. <laughs> All right. Don't forget Sister Mary Magnus this afternoon. We'll give you the uh, lowdown. Uh, whatever the hell the uh, real story is there with his wife and kid getting uh, into a scuffle in Detroit at a bar. 
because some punk made some uh, derogatory comment about Mrs. Mad Dog. And as a result, her son came to, uh, immediately to her uh, rescue or whatever and ensued a, uh, a scene. And they got hauled off to the Hooskow, and they're out and fine. Everything's okay. But, you know, can't find anything about it, although everybody in the building was hyperventilating and Clarence was <laughs> like that this morning. You notice that? What is it? They're all nervous. Uh, he's he's I, just... I didn't see his tongue at all, though. He Seriously, he's, he's the most irritating human being on the face of the There's nobody even close, you know? Right. Always fishing around, fishing around. Are you upset? You know, and if I say no, he then how come you're not upset, you know? Aren't you pissed off about something? No. Well, why, why, why not? Well, what if I do this? And then, and, then, and then, of course, when he told me about these light bulbs last forever on the board here, that, that, was, a, that was a revelation, speaking of religion. That, that was very revealing well, to me. Well, maybe new light bulbs we didn't know about. I never knew that they made light bulbs that last a lifetime. Did you? No. I'm going to call Edison. He'd be excited to know. know that. 1213, there's the thing about the low-fat diet. It's a pile of crapo, okay? Do not believe anything that Dean Orange tells you. It's all a bunch of crap. That's it. If you're in a dead-end job, this is no crap. You've got a chance to get out of that dead-end and get you a real life. If your New Year's resolution is a high-paying career, then do something about it right now. Pick up that phone and call our friends at Fast Train right now at 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. They'll get you trained and ready for a new high-paying career in just a few short months. That's correct. In just a few short months, you can turn it around in your life, too. The demand for medical coding specialists and computer professionals right now is at an all-time high. And Fast Train offers convenient day, evening, and weekend classes, job placement assistance, financial aid for people who qualify. So pick up that phone right now and call Fast Train, 866-FAST-TRAIN. There's absolutely no obligation. Like I said, absolutely. Fast Train's placed over 100 people just like you in 2005. So check them out on the web at FastTrain.com and act right now to get you a new high-paying career because classes are filling up fast. Get out of that dead-end job and get you a real big, fat paycheck and the life that goes along with having some cash, some real freedom. Call 1-866-FAST-TRAIN and tell them that the unctuous Todd Dreck told you to call. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. You might mention my name to Rice Marshal Gurry. All right.
It's a twelve eighteen at five sixty. Let's play the real one now. What do you say? All right. Okay, right at two o five. As soon as the uh, Gildy gets on, you hear that ringing? That phone ringing in the back? It's oh yeah. Annoying as hell. What was that guy talking about? I don't know. Ted Rawl writes, The Bland Leading the Blind, The Nanny Press and the Cartoon Controversy. Of course it was a provocation. In September, the editor of a right-wing Danish newspaper decided to test cartoonists to see if they were self-censoring their work out of fear of violence from Islamic radicals. Though some declined, 12 artists accepted the editor's invitation to make light of the Prophet Muhammad and submitted work equating Islam with terrorism and the oppression of women, among other things. Five months later, editor Fleming Rose has learned that cartoonists have good reason to watch what they draw. Thousands of demonstrators, furious at the publication's violation of an Islamic stricture banning graphic depictions of the Prophet, marched through the streets of Cairo, Karachi, Istanbul, Tehran, and uh, Afghanistan, where at least five people were killed by police. Gunmen took over the European Union office in Gaza. Mobs burned Danish flags and called for a Muslim boycott of Danish goods. Iran withdrew its ambassador from Copenhagen. Danes were ordered to flee Lebanon after mobs burned the Danish consulates in Damascus and Beirut, where they also trashed a Christian neighborhood. The Danish cartoonists have been threatened with beheading, are presumably catching up on their Salman Rushdie while they weather the storm. Adding fuel to the fire, said the Times, were a group of Denmark's fundamentalist Muslim clerics who took their show on the road last fall, traveling around the Middle East, showing a package that included cartoons that had actually never appeared in any newspaper, some depicting Mohammed as a pedophile, a pig, or engaged in bestiality. Uh, what I say, bestiality. Newspapers in France, Germany, and elsewhere further fanned the flames by reprinting the Danish drawings. Being provoked, as I tell myself when I'm sitting next to Sean Hannity, doesn't justify reacting with violence. And as Kuwaiti oil executive Samia Al-Doy, uh, whatever his name is, pointed out to Time magazine, there are better reasons to torch embassies than over cartoons. America kills thousands of Muslims, and you lose your head and withdraw ambassadors over a bunch of cartoons printed in a second-rate newspaper in an order country with a population of 5 million. That's the true outrage. As the only syndicated political cartoonist who also writes a syndicated column, my living depends on freedom of the press. I can't decide who's a bigger threat, the de deluded Islamists who hope to impose Sharia law on Western democracies or the right-wing class of civilization crusaders waving the banner of free speech, the same folks who call for the censorship and even murder of anti-Bush cartoonists here as an excuse to join the post-9-11 Muslims suck media pylon. Most reasonable people reject both. I didn't read that very well. An excuse Do to join the post-9-11 Muslims suck media pylon. Most reasonable people reject both, but neither is as dangerous to liberty as America's self-censoring newspaper editors and broadcast producers. CNN has chosen not to show the Danish Mohammed cartoons out of respect for Islam, said the news channel. We always weigh the value of the journalistic impact against the impact that publication might have as far as insulting or hurting certain groups, said an editor of the San Francisco Chronicle. The cartoons didn't meet our long-held standards for not moving offensive content, said the AP. Bullschmidt, says Ted Rawl. If these cowards are worried about offending their faithful, they wouldn't cover or quote such Muslim bashes as Ann Coulter, Christopher uh, Hitchens, or George W. Bush. The truth is our national nanny media is managed by cowards so terrified by the pro prospect of their offices being firebombed that they wallow in self-censorship. Precisely because they subvert free speech and from within their oaths are reasonable oaths for moderation against sensationalism, the gatekeepers of our national nanny media are more dangerous to Western values than distant mullahs and clueless neocons combined. Editors and producers decide not only what's fit to print, but also what's not. Flag draped coffins and body bags arriving from Iraq, photographs of Afghan civilians, their bodies reduced to blobs of blood and protoplasm, all purged from our national consciousness. You might think it's news when the vice president tells a senator to go F yourself on the Senate floor, but you'd be wrong. Only tortured roundabout descriptions like F blank blank make newsprint. This is a family newspaper, any editor will say, arguing for self-censorship, as if kids couldn't fill in the three letters in F blank blank blank, as if kids read the paper. 
The nanny media, even more prudish since 9-11, covers our millions of eyes to protect us from our own icky deeds. In Afghanistan in 2001, while covering a war that had officially killed 12 civilians, I watched a colleague from a major television network collate footage of a B-52 bombing indiscriminately obliterating a civilian neighborhood. If people saw what bombing looks like here on the ground, he observed, as body parts and burning houses and screaming children filled the screen, they would demand an end to it, which is why this will never air on American TV. But other countries don't have our nanny media. Europeans and Arabs see the horror wreaked in our name on their airwaves, assume that we see the same imagery, and hate us for not giving a damn. America's self-censors make anti-Americanism worse. Ugly truths come out one way or the other. While the Muslim world was raging over the Danish Mohammed cartoons, Washington Post cartoonist Tom Tools received a chilling letter from the Joint Chiefs of Staff in reaction to a single-panel rendition of a quadriplegic veteran. If not for the nanny media's slavish refusal to run photos of the real thing, would that abstract image have shocked anyone? And while we're at it, using prose to describe graphic images, as editors and anchormen are doing about the Mohammed imagery, makes as much sense as talking about the Rodney King police brutality video. Describing the cartoons without showing them seems a re reasonable choice, editorialized the New York Times, a paper whose readers right to know apparently includes classified surveillance programs, but not cartoons. Tools crossed the line from appropriate commentary into outright tastelessness, complained the Joint Chiefs. Similarly, many Muslims say the 12 Danish cartoonists crossed the line when they indulge in blasphemy of one of the world's major religions. U.S. State Department spokesman Honoré Mullah Sean McCormick helpfully tells us where the line is drawn. Anti-Muslim images are as unacceptable as anti-Semitic images, he said, but who can distinguish anti-Muslim images from acceptable satire? Taste is subjective. Right-wing Times columnist Andrew Sullivan, you fairy. who has repeatedly called for censoring my work because it's critical of Bush, calls the Danish cartoons not arbitrarily offensive and thus acceptable free speech. Lefties, on the other hand, rallied to get Rush Limbaugh fired from his gig as a football commentator. Hypocrisy abounds. Everyone supports the free speech they agree with. Well, it sounds like I just said that yesterday, <laughs> like Dade County. Which is why in a nation with a truly free media, there is no line. To hell with the nanny media. Free speech is like a Ferrari. What good is it if you don't use it or you barely use it, only driving in town or in stop-and-go traffic? It's useless until you can head out in the Arizona desert and push it past 150 miles an hour. Short of libel, slander, and impersonation, anything goes, that is, if you really believe in the First Amendment. What if millions of people take offense? What if some of them turn violent, even murderous? So what? No one can make you angry. You decide whether or not to become angry. If journalistic gatekeepers worry about the mere possibility of prompting outrage, they'll validate mob rule and undermine our right to a free press, one that covers the controversial along with the bland. While deciding what goes into the paper and the evening news, good journalists ought to be guided by only one consideration. Is it news? If the answer is yes, send it out, even if it's all as tasteless as F blank blank blank. Postscript. A European Muslim website has posted a cartoon depicting Anne Frank in bed with Adolf Hitler. If it is time to break taboos and cross all the red lines, the site explains, we certainly don't want to fall behind. It's an idiotic cartoon. Breaking taboos, on the other hand, is something our nanny media ought to try. Excellent. It's your buddy Ted Rawls. You go, Ted. Apologize for the very weak reading, but nevertheless, I just, just whipped it out. And uh, the story, too. <laughs> 26 past noon to QA, and let's take an update on this very uh, depressing movie pool. I am depressed. I mean, hey, of course, we're asking your opinion. We know a lot of your taste sucks, and, you know, it's the way it goes. Well, you like those faggy movies. Yeah, right. Right, like, uh, you know, Requiem for a Dream and Magnolia. That was really faggy. Well, there was oh, that, no. uh, that scene. Now, what's the guy's name again? Okay, laughing. Right. Artie Johnson. No. No, no, it's... Uh, Henry Gibson. Uh, yeah, you're right. God, my goodness. Anyone in the wine? Emil Hirsch. Name association. Thurman Gibson. Yeah. And you say Thurman Munson. Other than Godfather, a movie you could watch a zillion times. We've got 982, man. In the next uh, couple months, we'll over 1,000. And uh, Greg Kotex is going to write a big front-page story in the Herald about it. 
Blazing Saddles, 125. Pulp Fiction, 95. Oh, that mayonnaise, man, just kills me. Only Goyam would do something like that. Animal House, 74. You know, that's another thing I was thinking about yesterday. Yeah. All these stupid-ass dietary laws that were made thousands of years ago. And you want to know why most of those laws were made? Of course. Because, because there was no refrigeration. The right. There was no refrigeration, sure. okay? It had nothing to do with, like, God or any of this other bull crap. Right. It was just because some people realized that. And you know how the Jews... See, the Jews stopped eating pork because they thought it made them look like that. Because it gave them tricky noses. Ah, I see. So they, and it didn't help. Is that why you have cloven hooves? Yeah. Uh, Animal House, 74. That's why Sammy Davis, because he was a hoofer. He had to turn Jewish. <laughs> uh, what did I say? Blazing Saddles, 125. Pulp Fiction, 95. Animal House, 74. My Cousin Vinny, 69. National Lampoon Vacation, 58. The Great Escape, 45. Wizard of Oz, 45. Planes, Trains, Automobiles, 43. Glen Gary, Glen Ross, 39. You fairy. Fargo, 38. The Natural, 34. Caddyshack, 29. Shawshank, 28. Rocky Horror Picture Show, 26. Airplane, 22. Life of Brian, 22. Equally amusing. Heat, 19. Reservoir Dogs, 15. West Side Story, 14. Joe Dirt, 12. Sin City, 11. Dumb and Dumber, 10. The Good, the Bad, and uh, Dan Druckenbrout, 9. Let It Ride, 9. Office Space, 8. Casino, 7. The Day the Earth Stood Still, 7. Roger Rabbit, 7. You know, the reason that I say uh, Dan Druckenbrout? Yeah. Because when I was, uh, I was, what was the year of that, uh, 68? The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly? That oh, was I on the year I was the general manager, but also did a radio show in Kalamazoo. And so the guy, I forget what his name on the year was, on WKZO, which is our competitor. And we're playing music, and The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly was a big hit. So he plays it one night, and he says, The Good, the Bad, and Neil Rogers. So when I came huh. on and played it the next time, I said, The Good, the Bad, and Dan Druckenbrow, which is his real name. But, of course, nobody's supposed to know that. 67, by the way. Well, whatever it was. Roger Rabbit, 7. Rounders, 7. Coming to America, 6. Uh, Die Hard, 6. Little Big Man, 4. Smoking the Bandit, 3. Pink Floyd and the Wall, 3. The Exorcist, 3. Spartacus, 3. Minority Report, 3. The King Mutiny, 2. Standing in the Shadows of Motown's got a pair. Imaginary Heroes has two. One for Platoon. The Karate Kid. Sling Blade and Lethal Weapon. And Silence of the Lambs in the Longest Yard. So far, I've got the big... This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Oprah. I've been in television since I was 19 years old, and I have never been in this position. I feel duped. As you may have heard. Uh, excuse me, hello? Oprah? Yes. Yeah, uh, this is Stedman. I'm calling in on your show okay. from New York. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to tell you that I've lied to you, too. Uh, I, I know we've been together for several years, but oh my God. I'm actually married to somebody else. Oh, no. I'm really sorry. But, but. I, I gotta go. Oh, my God. Oprah, I lied to you, too. Unbelievable. I know. Of all people, you'd think you could trust your gynecologist. Why would you lie? Oprah, you're a man. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. I, 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 I... Oh, and you should get your prostate checked out. We'll be right back. 1233. Don't hurry, Oprah. We'll uh, survive somehow. 27 before 1. Here's a fax from Lori in Baltimore who says, Please add, and she says, Good afternoon, Uncle Neil, George, and Josh. Thank you, Lori. How's it going? Please add Lord of the Rings to your pool. I've watched it so many times. My husband cringes when he first hears the music come up, and now he makes me watch it upstairs. Says Lori in Baltimore. P.S. Lest you feel sorry for me, also makes me listen to your show with headphones every day. So hi to uh, Lori and Mr. Lori in Balmer. Okay. Hi. Here's a fact that is so disturbing 
It says, Neil will want to see this. And they're right. right. So I faxed it right along. No well, when I first saw it, I thought, well, why the hell do I care about this? But I see this, and don't let me talk, forget talking to the Humper about this in the morning. Okay. On our cross-dress at 10 o'clock. Bristol, Connecticut, some of the worst news in the history of television, football, and uh, U.S. culture. Former quarterback Joe Theismann, who is marginal at best, Washington Post columnist Tony Kornholer and Mike Tirico will be the broadcast crew for Monday Night Football next season at the long-running, as the long-running show shifts to ESPN from ABC. Now, my, my obvious question is, who's going to be the, doing the play-by-play? As, as I continue reading this, maybe we'll find out. Because it doesn't sound to me like there's any play-by-play guy in the, among those three. Sounds like the Dolphin games across the street again. I'm with two ex jocks Right. Maybe it'll be Mo. The Mo. Hey, he's free. The move leaves Al Michaels free to switch to NBC, which takes over Sunday night games next season from ESPN. John Madden, Michaels' broadcast fat partner for the last four seasons, uh, agreed in June to a six-year contract. Six-year contract with NBC? What are these people going to do, die in the booth? Yeah, John Madden might not last that long. Jesus, God, six-year contract. Michaels just turned 87, and Madden, I think, is uh, over the century mark. In a hotel somewhere in Hallandale. Yeah, that's where they're hanging out. No, no. At a news conference in July, Michael said he would remain with Monday Night Football when it switched to ESPN. He was to be paired with Theismann, who had broadcast Sunday Night Games on ESPN with Mike Patrick and Paul McGuire, a trio from hell. Mike Breen. Oh, I wonder if he's kid to Bobby Breen, the jockey from Calder. You know, sometimes I was just thinking about Bobby Breen the other day, and I haven't thought about Bobby Breen in a hundred years. He used to bring in a lot of long shots. Now, it goes to, that's got to be my psychic power, right? Right. Because here's Mike Breen, which I have. Oh, he will replace Michaels as the lead NBA play-by-play announcer on ABC ESPN. He'll be joined by former NBA coach Hubie Brown, hired as an analyst in December 2004. Theismann was in uh, In addition to working for The Post, Kornheiser has co-hosted Pardon the Interruption on ESPN since September 2001 with Michael Wilson, Wilborn, whatever his name is, Wilson. Wilbon. Wilbon, another post writer, bad uh, copier. Times has been a sports center host for ESPN and handled uh, Tariko. What I say, this is a very bad copy. Handled play-by-play for, for the last Orange Bowl. Oh, don't tell me Mike Tirico is going to be doing the play-by-play. Oh. Michelle Tafoya returns for her third season as Monday Night Football sideline reporter, and Susie Culver was at as a second sideline reporter, and she's going to work naked this season to see if maybe that might help. If a few more boobs might tune in, because most of the games are boring as dog poop. So Mike Tirico is going to be doing the play-by-play on Monday Night Football. Howard. Howard Cosell is turning over in his grave. Can you believe that? That's is that bad. not some of the worst swill you ever heard in your life? Yeah, he's pretty. Uh, he's pretty dull. Dull, and teamed with uh, Tony Cornholer, who's got absolutely no business being there in the first place, and the unctuous Notre Dame uh, alumni alumnus. Uh, Joe Theismann. You see, I, I, I don't think Joe Theismann is that bad, really. He, he's, he's not that bad if he's kept in his place. He, he's mediocre. He's okay. He's, a, he's tolerable. He's certainly much better than uh, you-know-who, your quarterback's daddy, Phil Sims. <laughs> well. But he laughing about it. You know what I'm saying is true. I know. I, I don't like And when things. Hank tells me that he likes Phil Sims, I think Hank definitely needs to lose some weight. Oh, speaking of that, what a segue. Oh, well, there's your uh, girlfriend, and also with my psychic powers. What did Work. I play today? I haven't played in a long time. The oh, Carmelita. version of, huh? Yeah, Back freedom she's of the my press. girlfriend. But, you know, again, with freedom of the press comes comes responsibility. Right. Leave it to her to be equivocating and palpitating and beating around the old bush. Oh, sorry. A bunch of crap. By the way, responsibility, uh, yes? 
I was going to ask you when you when you wanted to read that spot. The end what of spot? Whatever you're ready. You missed. Uh, oh, you know something? That was only by accident, but it may have been. It's hmm, okay. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that is interesting. Really bizarre today. All these forty. Yeah. Wow. So my mind is being taken over by a higher power. Stevie Winwood. Well, let's get higher. With lightning quick speeds, the latest features and security, Comcast high-speed internet leaves DSL in the dust. And today you can get on board for just nine ninety-five a month for two months. With an always-on connection speed of six megabytes, Comcast high-speed internet is up to four times faster than DSL 1.5 and up to a hundred times faster than dial-up. Whether you're downloading music, watching streaming video, playing online games, or just surfing your favorite sites, Comcast reliable, fast connections means you'll be flying through the Internet with the greatest of ease. Plus, when you sign up for Comcast high-speed Internet, you get instant access to free features like the fan, video mail, Comcast Rhapsody Radio Plus, and up to seven personal email accounts, just to name a few. Not only that, but you get McAfee security tools included, so you can rest assured that your Internet experience is always safe and secure. So what you be waiting for? Start doing more quicker than ever. Sign up for Comcast High-Speed Internet today for just nine ninety-five a month for two months. You wonder how you ever lived without it. In Dade, call 305-COMCAST and, of course, in 954-COMCAST. So that gives me just time to finish reading the full before we go to the next break. Well, that wasn't really a break. That was just an isolated incident. Isn't that correct? Right. That was very strange. And, and that was completely uh, accidental. Uh-huh. It was my bad. Right. Well, maybe it was mine. Okay, I got to about, uh, what did I get to? Blazing Saddles 126. Where did I get to on this? Or did I read them all? Hey. No, I didn't read them all. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles 44. Glengarry, Glen Ross 39. Fargo 39. Shawshank 33. Caddyshack has got... About 30, man. Rocky Horror Picture Show 27. Airplane 23 should be much higher than that. Life of Brian 22 should be much higher than that. I mean, these people think Blazing Saddles is funnier than Airplane and Life of Brian. Oh, your mama. Heat 19. Reservoir Dogs, 15. Been sitting there at 15 for uh, about 20 years. West Side Story, 14. Joe Dirt, 14. Scarface, 13. As called in by the unctuous one. Sin City, 12. The Good, the Bad, and the Dan Druckenbrout, 10. Office Space, 10. I heard it's great. Dumb and Dumber, 10. Let It Ride, 9. Casino, 7. The Day the Earth Stood Still, 7. Uh, Roger Rabbit, <coughs> 7. Rounder, 7. Coming to America, 6. Die Hard, 6. Little Big Man, 4. Smokey and the Bandit, 3. That's just downright silly. Uh, Pink Floyd, The Wall, 3. The Exorcist, 3. Spartacus, 3. In fact, when I think of this Exorcist, I always think of Smokey and the Bandit. Oh, yeah. Minority Report, 3. Two for the Canine Mutiny, Standing in the Shadows of Motown, Sling Blade, Imaginary Heroes, one for Lord of the Rings, Silence of the Lambs got one, Platoon got one, Karate Kid got Solamente Uno, Lethal Weapon got one, none for Goodfellas or The Longest Yard. I didn't know we put, we got 1,012 votes, by the way. I didn't know we put Goodfellas on there. Yeah, we just did. It's not going to Yeah, it, it belongs on there. When it comes on, I generally, especially with the, oh yeah, right in there, the, the nice coats, yeah. the fur coats right in there. That's my favorite thing. I got thing. enough. Yeah. 19 till 1 at 560 WQM. I've been telling you about dry concepts for a long time, and I want you to take advantage right now. Dry concepts maintenance contract that provide you with a 10% discount on all of dry concept services, including their one of a kind carpet cleaning, leather, drapery, and oriental rug cleaning. Dry concepts also specialize in pet odor treatment, ceramic tile, and grout cleaning, mattress cleaning to say goodbye to those dust mites, and lots more. And during this month, during the month of February, 
Dry Concepts has a special offer waiting on you on upholstery cleaning. Don't replace the furniture just because it's soiled. Let Dry Concepts rejuvenate your furniture just a fraction of the cost of replacement or reupholstering. All of the technicians at Dry Concepts are specially trained and certified, so you know you're getting the best possible service anywhere. And at Dry Concepts, they always give you a written, guaranteed price up front before they start the work. No BS, no scams. Don't be fooled by those imitators. You made a big investment with decorating your home. Now it's time to protect that investment. Call Dry Concepts today like I've been doing for over 20 years in my homes. And Dave Barrett in the Palm Beaches, call them toll-free, 1-800-248-5071. Don't forget, February special is on upholstery cleaning. Going to save you a lot of cash and get your house looking like brand new. 1-800-248-5071 or on the Wicked Web. Just log on to dryconcepts.com. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Neil God. The CTDC has issued a nationwide alert. The CTDC Center for Tone Depth Control is dealing with an epidemic of historic proportions as the result of American Idol. Recommended treatment for the eradication of this problem is PUSH. That's not an acronym. Literally PUSH. If you're near a tone deaf singer, say 10 floors up. If one day you discover him. <laughs> at a busy intersection. You remind me. Or an open jetliner door. I can show you the world. Shine and shimmering and The CTDC Center for Tone Depth Control urges you to please help. Preceding is intended for humorous mental imagery alone. Do not push another human into harm's way. Thank you from the CTDC. So let me ask you this. How's Ariel Sharon doing? How's he doing what? I hear he's still fat. Yeah. Radio station's building evacuated after phone thread. Suspicious package follows a threatening call. Miramar. A building used as a broadcast facility by seven radio stations or a close facsimile thereof. The building was evacuated yesterday after a threatening call and delivery of a suspicious package. I've seen some suspicious packages in my time. I'll bet. I still can't figure out what they were. Multicolored? According to the Miramar Police, an employee... I'm not talking about Jim. According to Miramar Police, an employee at Clear Channel's Radio Miramar headquarters received a call last night that was some sort of a threat. Yesterday morning, when a suspicious package was delivered to the building, the employees were evacuated. Hi. The radio station switched over to automated programming... ...when the employees left the building. Well, at least, at least they did that, as opposed to just leaving somebody in the building... Right, like that's what that we first, would do. Like the first fire alarm we had at KAT when I got left sitting there, and, at the, and I, look, I look out through the windows, and there, the whole rest of the staff's out right. in the parking lot, and I'm sitting there doing my show inside, and they find out they had a fire alarm. What are you talking about KAT? That's what they do here all the time. I was, I was just going to lead to that. Right. That was just the beginning, and then, of course, yeah. that set the pattern for that's us. That's OP, baby. When you work for the folks we work for, if you're on yeah. the air, um, too bad. Everybody else bails out. And then, of course, we shove Fat Boy down the stairs. Police called in the bomb squad, which almost makes it worth the aggravation. Police called the bomb squad. Officers said that two bomb-sniffing dogs alerted the handlers to, to the presence of explosives in the mailroom, but not in the package. Bomb experts checked the package and the mailroom and said no explosive device was found. Well, maybe one of the employees there dropped a small bomb in the mailroom. You think? Maybe. Maybe the dogs are reacting to that. I've been dropping Bomb-sniffing bomb dogs alert to substances such as fireworks and materials that have been exposed to any explosive material. Workers returned to the building after it was cleared, and operations were back to normal, such as they are as, as of yesterday afternoon at Cheap Channel. They should only croak. Too bad Pete Bilger wasn't, like, tied up in here, too, along with Ronna Fink-Wolf. 
Did, did I dream that she got her ass fired, or is that just a wishful thinking? I, I don't recall. I sure hope so. What a bitch. Remember her tapping the foot, tapping the foot. I know. You, why would you want to go over to QAM and not tapping her foot on the floor like, uh, you know. That really worked well, Ronna. That did it for me. Although, thanks for the dinner at uh, Burton Jack's. Good thing we got to eat there for free before they closed down. That is a good thing. If it sounds like I'm eating a Hall Mental Ellipsis, a little warning to you. You're eating a Hall Mental Ellipsis? Sugar-free. Good. Sucrose-free. But. Yeah, I know. Well, no, these, see, I bought, I bought some, um, what are the other ones that I like? Ricola. I bought some of those in the sack, you know, sugar-free. And then come to find out that isomalt right. is the first ingredient. Yep. And that, that was uh, when I started getting a scratchy throat yesterday. These have something <clears throat> similar in the So I spend so much time on the throne, man. I can't, I can't even, you don't want to hear about it. Well, so I then I went it. to the convenience store. I said, I can't be eating those. So I, I got the whole sucrose free, and I looked on the label. Isomalt. No. I'm holding them right now. What, on Hall's Mentholiptus? Uh, this Hall's is in the package. Free mountain menthol in a package. No, these are not menthol. These are um, cherry. Vapor action. Black cherry. And these don't have vapor action. You like black cherry? Mmm. They have citric acid. Yeah. And aspartame. These it doesn't, uh, it doesn't say anything on here about that. Well, at any rate, they also have not not as explosive, but a, a milder form of uh, the same problem. So I'm yeah. just warning on that. Uh, in, I, in small doses, it can actually be helpful. What do you mean by that? Well, you oh, mean, you mean getting it out of your system? Yeah, keep things right. We, we don't want to get into a whole thing in the middle of the lunch hour about <laughs> excretory activity, okay? Joyce will be on the line before you know it. She's probably taking a big Joyce over there right now herself. She eats two of these cough drops, she will. Yeah, good. Keep her out of our face. <laughs> Although she's been doing that to us for a long time. Okay, let's get to that thing. Got some important crap. Oh, and that business is about Brittany and the baby and the paparazzi, maybe. Oh, please, you know. Talk about another phony staged event. Try to get her name back in the headlines again. You're, you're old news. You're, you're spoiled meat, Brittany. You're old and damaged and used. Used and abused. And anybody who saw that Kevin Feeder line, ooh, you know. It's kind of like Madonna with uh, Dennis Rodman. Mm-hmm. Not that Madonna was anything in the first place, but, I mean, after that, that kind of sealed the fate, sealed a lot of things. And then, of course, we got that new HD DVDs coming out, which I'll tell you about. The largest study ever to ask whether a low-fat diet reduces the risk of getting cancer or heart disease is found that the diet has no effect. Let me say it again. The low-fat diet has no effect on cancer, heart disease, any of these, All of these things. things. The $415 million federal study involved nearly 49,000 women, ages 50 to 79, who were followed for eight years. In the end, those assigned to a low-fat diet had the same rates of breast cancer, colon cancer, heart attack, and stroke as those who ate whatever they pleased, researchers are reporting today. Now, do you hear what I just said? I heard you. As, as those who ate whatever they pleased. Mm-hmm. Cookie dough. You know, whatever. <laughs> These studies are revolutionary, said Dr. Jules Hirsch. Well, I wonder if he's kin to Emil Hirsch or Sonny Hirsch. I'll find out. Physician-in-chief emeritus at Rockefeller University in New York, who has spent a lifetime studying the effects on, of diets on weight and health. They should put a stop to this era of thinking that we have all the information we need to change the whole national diet and make everybody healthy. Well, obviously they don't. Because if they did, we'd be, like, climbing over each other to get to them. Like, what do, what do I do? What, what, what can I do? What can I do? You know, and then they slap you in the face. 
The study published in today's issue of the Journal of the American Medical Association was not just an ordinary study, said Dr. Michael Thune, who directs epidemiological research for the American Cancer Society. It was so large and so expensive, Dr. Thune said, that it was the Rolls-Royce of studies. As such, he added, it's likely to be the final word. How do you like that? that that's how big it was. Where the hell is that thing where, uh, with uh, Lawton Childs? Where is it? The one where he says it is so huge. I can't, I can't find nothing today. It's under where the hell is that? I thought it was under it is. Yeah, that's no. what I thought. It hey, is walking. so hard. No, that's not no, it. No, that, that, <laughs> I see that one. <laughs> Gee, I can't believe that neither it's one of us can find it. That, that, is it under Walking Lawton? It is so huge. That's under Child, I bet. Yeah. The he Anyway, we usually have only one shot at a very large-scale trial on a particular issue, said Dr. Thun. The results of the study investigators agreed do not justify recommending low-fat diets to the public to reduce their heart disease and cancer risk. Given the lack of benefit found in the study, many medical researchers said the best dietary advice for now, oh boy, was to follow federal guidelines for healthy eating with less saturated and trans fats, more grains, and more fruits and vegetables. Anybody going to be doing that? No. no. Stay away from the trans fats, though. Those are the killers. And watch your homocysteine, okay? If you go see that cowboy movie, your homocysteine is going to go shooting up big time. That's what I heard. I'm telling you, you can, you can laugh all you want. That Dr. Culkin uh, Macaulay, whatever his name was, he had his uh, finger right in the middle mm -hmm. of it. All this crap about cholesterol, you know, that, that's bull crap. Homocysteine, baby, that's, what, what, that's the bad stuff. And trans fats. Not everybody was convinced. Some, like Dr. Dean Ornish, a longtime faker and promoter of low-fat diets and president of the Preventative Medicine Research Institute in Sausalito, California, said the women didn't reduce their fat to low enough levels or eat enough fruits and vegetables, and that the study, even in eight years, didn't give the diets enough time. Right. Wait until they croak, and then we'll find out. Others said that diet could still make a difference, at least with heart disease, if people were to eat the so-called Mediterranean diet, low in saturated fats like butter and high in oils like olive oil, olio oliva. Che pane, olio oliva. The women in the study reduced all kinds of fat. The diet studied had an antique patina, said Dr. Peter Libby, a cardiologist and professor at Harvard Medical School. These days, Dr. Libby said, most people have moved on from the idea of controlling total fat to the idea that people should eat different kinds of fat. But the Mediterranean diet hasn't been subjected to a study of this scope. Well, get on that, because those people live uh, forever in the Mediterranean. And see, it's very hard to be on that diet in the first place, because the soil is very rich over there, like in Italy. And the produce, you just, you fell from the produce, how rich that soil is, and those tomatoes, those red ripe tomatoes, and those blood oranges. Have you ever had the red orange juice, the blood oranges? Uh, yes. And the that, grape, that is the, grape the best. Fruit. As a matter of fact, huh? the, uh, the grapefruit tree that we had in our backyard was the, the ruby red grapefruits. Really? Yeah. That That's the good stuff, man. slashed it. Right, it was great. Remember what, the Sigourney Weaver, she was trying to get the good stuff? <laughs> <laughs> she, That's the good stuff. She did and, you know, and, you, and you don't get busted for uh, drinking the uh, red orange juice or grapefruit juice. And I guarantee you won't find that in Torino. Because Torino is way... It's, it's like not even in Italy, basically. It's more like Schweiz. More like in Switzerland. It's way up there in the, nor in the Alps. Just south of Switzerland, whatever. Got another, you're going there for the Olympics, right? Oh, yeah, I got tickets. Torino. Mm -hmm. You idiots at NBC, stop calling it. You know, I want you to do something right now. I did it before and I forgot to mention it. Mm -hmm. Do a Google on the word Torino. All right. Grand Torino, like the car? Because I was going to rent Just one. Torino. And right. what, what is the first thing that comes up on there? What does it say? It says I'm going to sneeze. Oh, I spelled it wrong. Christ. Uh, I put... Uh, 
<laughs> all right, Torino, uh, La Fiamma, La Fiamma, the Olimpia, Olimpia, the 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 See that? Yeah. Almost all of this stuff is in Italy, Italian. See? Si. See? Si. Informazioni utili per muoversi e conoscere, conoscere la città di Torino. Ciao, bella. Contiene notizias, uh, something or other. No, what serious? I servizi al turista. See, I'm only reading the words that I can read. Right. But anyway, it's all Italiano. You want to know why? Because Torino is an Italian word. It's an Italian name. Like Roma, like Firenze, like Bologna. I'm sorry, not a good example. Like uh, Venezia, Venezia, right? If right. they were holding the Olympics in Venice, if it was like all water sports in dirty water, they wouldn't be saying, we're, we're going to Venezia, would they? No. Oh, here's that ad with Bush and uh, Nixon. Breaking that law. Are you having trouble telling these men apart? We had a special prosecutor then. We need a special prosecutor now. MoveOn.org political action is responsible for the content of this advertisement. George Bush is breaking the law is what it says there. And, of course, as usual, MoveOn.org is... Absolutely correct, sir. This is Neil Rogers. This is 562 AM. Hello, this is Arnold. This is not a tumor. It's the one to two hour. I broke in through her bedroom window. WQM, you do understand that. I do now. Oh, too late? What? Woman does mouth to mouth. Uh, you didn't dump that, did you? No. Dump what? Woman does mouth to beak to save chicken. This is a true story from Arkadelphia, Arkansas. I'm just explaining to you the difference between um, a vi verb and a noun. All right. You got it? I got it now. Noun. Too late. I'll play it again. <laughs> Sometimes a chicken does have lips, just, on, just sometimes not her own. Marion Morris said, and there's a good chance that you'll be doing a show tomorrow, because <clears throat> I'm going to really no, scratch your throat. Don't Why? Scratchy. It's getting scratchy. Marion Morris saved her brother's exotic chicken, Boo Boo, by administering mouth-to-beak resuscitation on the fowl after it was found floating face down in the family's pond. This is Arkadelphia, Arkansas, so they probably got a lot of practice. Morris, a retired nurse, said she hadn't had any practice with CPR in years, but that she was interested to see if she still had it. I breathed into its beak, and its dadgum eyes popped open, Morris said. Dadgum. I breathed into its beak again, and its eyes popped open again. And I said, I think this chicken's alive now. Keep it warm. 
Moore said she was pleased to find the bird she saved was an exotic, not just an ordinary chicken. The chicken is called Boo-Boo because she's easily frightened. The family thought that maybe Boo-Boo was startled and flopped into the pond. I see. So she did mouth to mouth. So the, mouth while, to while the chicken was choking, she uh, right. revived. See, there you go again. What? The verb. Oh. The verb. Brittany says the paparazzi made me do it. I am so oh. sick and tired oh. of this crap. But, but I feel the spirit of Christ compels me to have to do this story. That's right. Oh, we probably should get some more movies on this poll today. Some more great movies like um, The Shining. <laughs> right? I'm surprised nobody did call in with that. That that is surprising. WQAM, hello. This is Alan Burke. When I'm on the okay, great. WQAM, hello. Hello. Okay, so there's two good ones. Like I said, I knew. See, I told you, it's my psyche. I can pick up those vibes from a million miles away. But that was that was yesterday's poll. Okay. Blame it on love and the paparazzi. That's Britney Spears' explanation for why she was driving with her infant son on her lap rather than his car seat. Maybe she's an idiot. Did that ever dawn on you? Uh-huh. Because she said she believes in our president. And whatever he says, that's fine with her. And, of course, she would be the person you'd ask. Several photos published yesterday showed Spears driving her SUV with her son, Sean Preston, perched on her lap rather than strapped into a car seat in the back seat. Spears said she did it because of a horrifying, frightful encounter with a paparazzi. The photo shows Spears holding the wheel of the car with one hand and her four-month-old baby in the other hand. It's kind of like when I used to take Tiny to the vet. He's holding the wheel with one hand, and there was Tiny. He had to hold him because he was struggling and struggling and carrying on. You know what I'm saying? What are you saying? A person is shown sitting in the passenger See, there's another reason that when you get to be my age, you don't have dogs. Plus, I can't right. have one in the building anyway. That is, when you get to be this age, you have to spend a lot of time cleaning up your own mess. You don't want to start cleaning up your pets. That's right. A person is shown sitting in the passenger seat next to Spears. I was terrified that this time the physically aggressive paparazzi would put me and my baby in danger, Spears said in a statement released late the Monday to cover her ass. I instinctively took measures to get my baby and me out of harm's way, but the paparazzi continued to stalk her. She said, I love my child, but do anything to protect him. Now, how come whoever this other person was sitting in the seat there, how come they weren't holding me a child? Right. Huh? Good turn. Chases by paparazzi inspired a California law, which went into effect January 1. The law holds these aggressive photographers liable for three times the damages they inflict, plus they'll lose any payments their published photos might earn. Publishers can also be held liable. Sheriff's deputies, meanwhile, won't be pressing any charges, Deputy Luis Castro said. Unless the deputy saw the violation, there's nothing we can do, Castro said. We don't even know if this took place in our jurisdiction. The agency that snapped the photos, X-17, said the pictures were taken in a very peaceful context in which photographers exhibited no aggressive behavior. We believe the pictures speak for themselves, the agency said. Anybody whipped up about that? No. Anybody care about Brittany anymore? No. Go away. Just go away. Got a nice picture of her all the way around. Mm. Oh, this is at the Grammys party. All right. Of course, the Grammys are tonight, aren't they? Yes, to me. Eight o'clock. Well, there's a... Miles O'Brien, CNN, New York. Scott Miles O'Brien with George uh, Bush, Herbert Walker, 41, trying to be a comedian. Well, he, he's just pathetic, you know. He is pathetic. And you're going to say, oh, but he and Clinton are going all over the world to uh, do all these good things. He, he's pathetic. I'll say it again. Just tragic. Plus a crook and a thief and the father of the world's biggest, most dangerous crook today. Bet you didn't know he was Dick Cheney's daddy. I do, I do know. Introducing HD DVD. We talked about this at length, ad nauseum, some months ago, just praying. 
I mean, if you're going to go out there and spend all the money for an HD TV set, you might as well be able to watch uh, something real crystal queer, right? It's only right. WQAM, hello. George. Yeah. Er talking here, please? Er QAM, hello. Yep. What? Okay. What do you say? I have no idea. Oh. WQAM, hello. Hello, Neil. Yes. Hey, I was going to recommend you a movie. It's called Downfall. It's about the last It's called what? Boy, these phones are like all underwater this hour. Can you hear what? Styrofoam? No, no, Downfall. Oh. It's a movie about the last 10 days of Adolf Hitler in the bunker. Yeah. Okay. It's in German with English subtitles. It's Archie Bunker's in it? Check it out. Okay, yeah. thanks. Adolf Hitler and Archie Bunker. Okay, like I said, I'm going to get back to this story because this is some useful information. Toshiba's HD A1, expected to ship in March 2006, is the world's first HD DVD player. It plays new high-definition HD DVD discs as well as regular DVDs and CDs, and also will press and clean your DVDs. The final piece in the high-definition TV is falling into place. After years of development, high-definition HD DVD players are about to be unleashed on a nation of eager HD TV owners like me. And you'll be, too, when uh, Josh buys you that HD set. Can't wait. HD DVD is a new high-definition disc format designed from the ground up to maximize the viewing experience available from today's HD TVs. Owners of HD TVs who may be disappointed by a lack of consistent quantity or quality of HD programming will now have a top quality, high definition source they can enjoy anytime. HD DVD distant players offer several advantages over the standard DVD format that we all know and love. Better picture quality. HD DVD is a true high definition format offering video at 1080i um, or 720p resolution. While standard DVDs look very good on HD TV, they don't provide high definition signal. HD DVD delivers an extraordinarily sharp, clean, detailed picture with deeper, richer colors. Better sound quality. Offers the same multi-channel sound formats, Dolby Digital and DTS, you're accustomed to, but goes further, offering advanced new versions of Dolby Digital and DTS that will give you soundtracks startling clarity and dimensionality. Much greater storage capacity. What makes HD DVD superior picture and sound possible is the much higher storage capacity of HD DVD discs. A single-layer HD DVD can hold 15 gigabytes of data, which is over three times the amount of standard DVD can hold. Dual-layer HD DVDs hold about 30 man. gigabytes. This increased storage capacity allows HD DVD to fit several hours of high-definition video and high-resolution multi-channel audio, plus the added features and material that require multiple discs with standard DVD. Compatibility with your current disc collections. Well, that speaks for itself. Internet access. HD DVD players include an, an Ethernet jack for use with a high-speed Internet connection. Internet access opens the door to some cool interactive features, and one day movie studios may make additional bonus material available for downloading long after an HD DVD movie has been released. You ready for that? I'm ready. And, of course, you're probably asking yourself, well, what am I going to watch on these? You know, where am I going to get my HD DVDs? Well, here you go. I'm so glad you asked. A limited number of HD DVD movies will be available when the first players launch in March, just days away. Are you on the edge of your seat? I Are you know. squeezing it? Slide right off. Some will be HD DVD only discs, while others will be hybrid HD DVD slash standard DVD discs. The number of titles projected to rise around 50 by May, then grow to nearly 200 by year's end. Well, that's, that's not exactly a big choice. Titles announced so far include Eon Flux, Aeon, Eon. A-E-O-N. It sucks either way. Oh. Beyond Flux sucks. The Aviator, Band of Brothers, Batman Begins, The Born Supremacy. Hey, Matt. You fairy. Braveheart, 
Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, really bad. Oh, I'm so sorry, Johnny. Friends, ew. The 40-Year-Old Virgin, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, The Italian Job, Jarhead, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, The Lord of the Rings Trilogy, The Manchurian Candidate, probably the new one, Fat. The Matrix Trilogy, Million Dollar Baby, Sahara 7, What's in the... The Ultimate Star Trek Movie Collection, Terminator 3, U2, Rattle and Hum, oh, they sure do, We Were Soldiers and Others. Have I got it? Well, I mean, you know, we're going to have to wait. So, in other words, you don't have to feel too bad you don't have the TV set or the uh, player yet? Yeah. I think by the time I'm just... dead, I'll be able to afford it. Yeah, and if you save up with the big bucks. Yeah. That hey, listen, you're having that big uh, powwow now with the Joe Bell. Right. That's the first thing that I would do. I'd put my foot down right on the table. I'd put, put my shoe right up on top of the table and say, here, shine it. <laughs> no, seriously, it started like standing up for yourself now that you got a guy that thinks you're like at least adequate as opposed to hate you like poison like his predecessor. Oh, well, that is a big Hated step up. You. I know. Huh? I know. That is a big step up. He didn't say you're great. He said you're adequate. I just said, well, uh, I don't suck. I said that, that all depends on what adequate means. I was thinking about Clinton, you know? Mm-hmm. 12 minutes after 1 at 560 WQAM. Hey, I'll tell you what's more than adequate, and that's Brandy Shoes in Pompino Beach, baby. If you're looking to take good care of your feet, get you a great-fitting pair of good-looking shoes. And at Brandy's, you'll always do that because they, first of all, have people that know your feet inside and out. They'll make sure you have a customized fit of the shoe you like every single time. Ask for Arnie. He'll take good care of your tootsies. And they carry a humongous selection of all the top brands like Rockport, Floorsheim, Echo, Mephisto, SAS, New Balance, and all of this, too. And the pros at Brandy's even specialize in wide widths as, as well in case you've got big, fat ones. So Brandy's is worth your trip from just about anywhere in South Florida for comfort, style, fit, value, and selection, an unbeatable combination. Always think Brandy Shoes in Pompano Beach at 1290 North Federal Highway. They're open every day, Monday through Saturday till 9, every Sunday till 5. And this week, it's a great time to buy SAS shoes at Brandy's. Take 20 to 40 bucks extra off the retail price of all great men's and women's styles SAS this week at Brandy's. Or do your shoe shopping on their website at brandyshoes.com. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Stand by for news. It was this little girl's first day of school. And the teacher asked her what her name was. The little girl replied, happy butt. The teacher said, honey, I, I don't think that's your name. You need to go to the principal's office and get this straightened out. So, the little girl went to the principal's office and he asked, what's your name? And the little girl said, happy butt. The principal called the mother to get this straightened out once and for all. After getting off the phone, he looked at the little girl and said, honey, your name is Gladys, not happy butt. Then the girl exclaimed, glad ass, happy butt, what's the difference, Paul Harvey? Rectum. I know. Good day. 117, at least he knows anyway. This is disgusting, this story, but it, it, it's typical. In other words, you got to support our troops while they're over there being made as human sacrifices in Iraq. Right. But once they come back, screw them. We get these all the time. Former U.S. soldier injured in Iraq says he was forced to pay $700 for a blood soak body armor vest that was destroyed after medics removed it to treat shrapnel wounds around, uh, to his arm. First Lieutenant William Eddie Rebrook, 25, had to leave the Army because of his injuries, but before he could be discharged last week, he had to scrounge up cash from his buddies to pay for the body armor or face not being discharged for months. Rebrook was billed because a supply officer failed to document that the vest had been destroyed more than a year ago as a biohazard. I last saw the body armor was pulled off my bleeding body while I was being evacuated in a helicopter, Rebrook told his hometown newspaper, the Charleston Gazette in West Virginia. They took it off me and burned it. 
Rebirth Story Tuesday, spurred action from U.S. Senators Bobby Byrd and Jay Rockefeller, both West Virginia Democrats. I've been in touch with his family. I've already written Defense Secretary Rumsfeld to request that they immediately refund his money and review this horrendous policy, Rockefeller said. I'm shocked that he's been treated this way by our military. Byrd questioned General Peter Schoolmaker, Chief Staff of the Army, on Tuesday <clears throat> during a Senate Armed Services Committee budget hearing. How can it be that the Defense Department, which is requesting $439 billion in this budget, has to resort to dunning a wounded soldier $700 to replace a piece of body armor, Bird asked. Schoolmaker called Rebirth's story unusual and promised Bird to correct it if there's any truth to it. Right, if there's any truth. And he just made it up. He's just a real comedian. He's just a chronic complainer. Jackass. And you folks sit back and you're watching uh, Blazing Saddles. Uh, you know, that, that's, why, that's why the world is in the shape it's in today. That's why the uh, crazy ragheads are, are riding all over the damn world today. Mm -hmm. That's why you got Kira Phillips on CNN, which is enough to make me just want to throw a rock through his little TV set. God, do I hate that bitch. In fact, you know something? Compared, compared to her, I love Soledad. Does that, does that give you some insight? That's a hell of a comment. This bitch, every chance she gets, she's editorializing, and she's uh, up there with the, uh, got her tongue up the bush of people's uh, butt. Every chance she gets. Oh, brother. She ought to elope with Lou Dobbs. And then they can arrest him as a pair of illegal aliens. <clears throat> 1091, we're going to do over 1100. We're just about like yesterday. Oh, there's Elizabeth Cohen. Look at that nose, man. I think she's got tricky noses. Study says, and it's very important to take a careful look at it. What the study found is that these women in the study, when they cut oh, she is too Jewish. fat they ate, indeed, they did not see a reduction in risk of heart disease and cancer. But when they cut down but. on bad fats, when they made serious cuts in bad fats, oh. they did indeed see it. Like this is a bulletin, like there's something new in this. Saturated fat and trans fats, those are the ones get rid of them, okay? Quit eating them fries with or without the mayo. You won't do it. You keep eating them damn fries. Thomas Fritas. Don't you? See. Both of you. Hell yeah. Okay, well, you'll be dead. Well, I've been cutting down a lot. You'll be dead. Someday, you'll be I've dead. I've been swapping out fries for salad lately. You know, I, didn't say, I didn't say go crazy. I just, little by little. He does. He orders a lot of salad these days. Really? Yeah. From where? From Howie's? From Howie's, when uh, we order from Tony's, I'll order a, a Greek salad or a chicken a Greek salad. salad or something like that. Wendy's, they so have the side salad as opposed to fries, which their fries are horse, I mean, horrendous anyway. So, I beg your pardon? Wendy's fries. I thought we love Wendy's. We love Wendy's, but their fries are the worst. Oh. I don't know because they don't eat no fries. I know, so I'm telling you. That would be one of the last, the last things. I mean, uh, I if I was. never saw another French fry, although I would like to see some of the French fries, especially the ones in Quebec. Well, give I'd like to see all of them fry. Five six seven oh five sixty. Now I'm just curious about one thing. I'm, I shouldn't really ask your take because neither one of you really knows crap about it. But now that I'm giving up that wheel of fortune thing, I, I'm just kind of like a lost child. That's why I'm. It's not so much that I'm addicted, which I am, but I just don't know what else to uh, diddle with, you know. Right. Well, now there's another fun part of the game, which is called discovery, where you get to sample a few, and explore. And that's is that's that what it is? Thing. Yeah, that's fun un unto itself. And then when yeah, you finally how, how do you do choose. Fun, you sample one for a little it's while. It's like a kid in a candy exactly. shop. I mean, what, what does he start to... Park yourself in front of one, then another, and just to see how it plays. And see how much play. I can lose? Exactly. Okay, I'll give it a shot. Five six seven oh five sixty. I'm going to try those... By aiming! Sevens. Highly recommended by the Beast. WQAM, hello. Hi, Jeff. WQAM, hello. Jelly Dunn's a fag. Okay, great. WQAM, Hello. 
Yes. Hey, I thought I'd talk to you. I got a movie for you, Paul. Yeah. The Big Lebowski. Yeah, right. You don't like that movie? Never seen it. George keeps telling me you'd hate it. I never saw The Big Lebowski. The Big Lewinsky. I mean, The Big Lebowski. Somebody keeps telling me you don't watch it. Is it Josh? I mean, I think it's funny. It's pretty Oh, well, good. Okay, The Big Lebowski. Put it on there. I think it just a name turns me off. Sounds too Polish. Yeah. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty the Verizon singular wireless line. Do not eat a lot of these Hall's uh, sucrose free mentholiptus. You're going to be sorry. I think I'm already going to be sorry here any second. I've just uh oh, Joyce would have really uh, been upset to hear that. And wait, and if you only could smell it. WQAM, hello. Hi, can I make a quick call? WQAM, hello. It's Have to make an appointment for crank calls. Yes. Um, there's a pizza you had that goes. And it's the eye of the tiger, it's the will to survive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And? And, that, and, well, is that gay? No, but I think you are. You fairy. Rising up, back on the street. Took my time, took my chances. Went the distance, now I'm back on my feet. Just a man and his will to survive. It's the eye of the tiger, it's the thrill of the fight. Rising up to the challenge of our rival. And the last known survivor stops his prey in the night. And his fortune must always be eye of the tiger. Eye of the tiger. Sounds awful yeah. to me, doesn't it? You like that bit for whatever reason. I remember the first time oh, I played it, you just uh, were smitten by it. Yeah, I'm still smiting. Are you? Yeah, and smiling. WQAM, w- hello. Hey, how about any movie with Ron Jeremy in it? Yeah, <laughs> too hairy for me, Pally. And too fat. WQAM, hello. Uncle Neil. Yes, ma'am. I've been trying to call you all day. I have a movie for your poll. I'm very disappointed George didn't add it, too. Yes. you got to add Half-Baked. Half-Baked? Yeah. Yes. Good. But that's one of Josh's favorites, so be disappointed in him. Yeah, be oh, disappointed well, that Josh didn't put on it. He's, he's being a wimp again, like the guy who said, too vanilla. And by the way, Big Lebowski is really funny. Okay. All right, that's all I'll I have. I'll take your word for it. Thanks. Oh, look at this. Yeah. Brokeback Mountain. Rated R. Now playing. Oh, with each other. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty. Now you, you, you break me the news because I think the package is already down there. The Boca Brian package, the Cure package with his disc and whatever else you put in it. Right. Hopefully he remembered to uh to stick broke back. Well, what were, the, what were the other ones? Crash. Well, Crash is coming in the next package. Broke back. Ah, jeez. Sorry. So this has got that fag cowboy movie. That's right. We need your report. Why? Because you're a good movie critic sometimes, and uh, this is an important review that we need to get, because everybody's hyping it to high heaven, as you know. First of all, anytime there's a movie that's hyped, just like, right. Right. Just like the one I'm telling you, The Constant Gardener, do mm-hmm. not see it. You would be right. so pissed well, off that you wasted two hours of your life, you'd be foaming at the mouth. See, especially now that I know that those two chicks who I happen to find very hot are showing their boobs in it. I right. might just grit my teeth, you know, bite right. the That's bite right. The you, might, you might look past all the faggery in there and uh, see what they're but up to. I, I need your report on it there. Okay. I'll, I'll watch it. I'll, right. I'll squeeze some time in, in, in between the Big Lebowski and uh, Schindler's List and uh, uh, what's the one with the uh, Shawshank. Yeah, right. 
Just the name of that oh, movie sounds awfully bizarre to me. You never did watch it, because I, I kept forgetting like to Shawshank. ask you about it, since you did buy it, of Mice What's and No, I still got it. I know, but it's, it's great. Well, I'm waiting for a rainy day. All right. Okay, guys, Valentine's Day is next Tuesday. The last thing you want to do is spend the weekend shopping, so here's what you want to do. Send a pajamagram. A pajamagram is the perfect way to spoil your wife or girlfriend, or both, and give them what she really wants. She'll receive the best pajamas delivered in a hat box she'll love, along with a lavender sachet, a gift card, and a do not disturb sign all free. Sending a pajamagram only takes minutes, but she'll think you spend a month planning it. So shop online at pajamagram.com or call 1-800-GIVE-PJs. Find all the top brands from Comfy to Sexy, great bath and body gifts, too. All that spa stuff that women just love. Plus, the packaging is amazing, so you don't have to wrap anything. It's already wrapped for you. A pajamagram is the perfect gift, and best of all, they'll think of you every time they put them on. Women want to be pampered, and this is a gift you'll both love. Valentine's Day delivery is guaranteed, too, so call 1-800-GIVE-PJs or visit pajamagram.com right now and tell them that old Neil told you to call. 1-800-GIVE-PJs or on the wicked web, pajamagram.com. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Stay oh, in Miami town at 560 WQAM. I like to go fishing inside the shower store. As I go squishing and slap her off the wall. I bend over, over, try to aim it at my face. But I'm much too small, my tiny feet are away. Why trickles on my leg? When it's a shower, just that way. I like a golden shower. Edgeworth, trick, and spray. Taking a golden shower. Before I start to scrub, I rinse off my wee wee with a pair of looper gloves. The wind on my toes makes me feel so wet and wild. He needs a scream when I paint myself in wild. Aren't you glad that I am style? When a girl showers, One thirty-one at five sixty WQM. We got uh, Geldy at two this afternoon. Fresh on the heels of that big five nothing shutout win by the Panthers last night. Hat trick by uh, that Sim kid. You know that Sim kid? No. No, you don't. How about uh, Josh? You know that Sim kid? I do now because I, I saw that really good goal he on Sports Center last night. How do you like that? And then Mad Dog at four after all that hockey talk. Although Geldy's got Eric Reed three thirty this afternoon. Talking through his teeth all the time. 6.30 hurricane warm-up. Then you got uh, hurricane basketball. Nobody cares. Eddie K. after the basketball game. In fact, between 7 and uh, whenever the game is over, you're entitled to go and have a good time. Have a good dinner. Speaking of uh, gay, the teenager accused of going on a rampage at that gay bar and later killing two people fatally shot himself in the head of that gunfight with Arkansas police authorities are now saying. Remember we thought the police shot him? Right. No. He did, he did everybody a favor. Jacob Robida, 18, of New Bedford, turned a gun on himself Saturday after he fatally shot a West Virginia woman who was in his car. Police originally said they shot him Saturday after he fired at them from the end of a high-speed chase in rural Arkansas. 
Uh, he killed Gansville, Arkansas, police officer Jim Sell, and led police on a 20-mile chase before being stopped in nearby Norfolk, hmm? Arkansas, oh, Norfolk. I see. N-O-R-F-O-R-K, Norfolk. Police had searched for Robodas since early Thursday when they say he used a hatchet and a handgun to wound three men at Puzzles Lounge, a gay bar in New Bedford. Wall said two of his investigators are in Arkansas and reviewed his autopsy report. Wall said Robodas' autopsy proved he was killed by the same gun used in the bar attack. He said that the gun that also fired a bullet killed Jennifer Rena Bailey, 33, an acquaintance he had picked up after fleeing from Massachusetts. He was not prepared to come out of this alive, to which we say, All right. Let's see, what do we got here? No, this is chronic. See, I can tell just, this yeah, looks like Riley again. <clears throat> Isn't it? It's not Riley, but it's chronic. Chronic, chronic faxer. Crash is one of the best movies to come around in a long time. Well, I hope you're right, although you saw it and you said it was very good. It was great. Four stars. Really? Yep. Not as good as um, The Constant Gardener. Well, how can it be? Big Lebowski is hilarious, it says. Well, I'll give you one of those. Like you have to see 2001 Space Odyssey numerous times just to begin to understand it. Oh, yeah, to yeah, catch yeah. the dialogue, it's very difficult. I, I did see it numerous times, and I understand it perfectly, and it's boring. Right. Dr. Strangelove is a movie for the ages. Okay, well, we'll put that on there. That, that's, not, that's not the question. It's a movie for the ages, okay? Wizard of Oz is a movie for the ages. I don't want to see it again, okay? I don't want to. I don't want to. Do you? Do you want to see it again? Be honest. Yeah. No. I'm good. Josh, you want to see Wizard of Oz? No, I'm good. No. Movie for the ages. Don't want to see it. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde was very good. Not the one with Spencer Tracy, the one later on with, like, uh, whoever the hell was, Louis Jordan or somebody. Very good. Don't want to see it again. House of Wax with Vincent Price, the original House of Wax. Movie for the ages. Do I want to see it again? Absolutely no. not. The question is, other than The Godfather, all three of them, a movie you could watch a zillion times, over and over and over. Here's what we got so far, and it's just it's enough to make me want to impale myself with a very sharp object. We got 1,121 vote. I look at Karachi, Pakistan. The Getsky's there. They like got the American flag on the ground. Hundreds of people gathered to vent their anger in the capital. Well, too bad. Screw them. Oh, we hate Denmark. Well, you know what? Your mama, your mama so socks and hell. We hate Denmark, so we don't care. We hate you. How do you like that, idiots? At least the Danes are snappy dressers. Other than Godfather, a movie you could watch a zillion times, Blazing Saddles 132, Pulp Fiction 104, give me a break. And we said movie, Animal House 80, My Cousin Vinny 72, National Lampoon Vacation 62, The Great Escape 46, Wizard of Oz 46. I think a lot of our audience, they just want to find that yellow, that pink brick road. <laughs> what color it is? Plane, Train, and Automobiles 44, Caddyshack 41, Fargo, 41. Now we're talking. Frances McDormand, she is one of the all-time greats. I love her. And, of course, William H. Macy goes without saying. And Henry Gibson. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, 40. You fairy. Uh, yeah, I watched it a few times, but it's not... I, I really don't think I'd watch it again. Glenn Gary? Yeah. I watch it every time it's on. Get out of here. You, you've seen it well, like that, times already. You know, don't forget. Puppies for clothes is over. Yeah, keep that in mind. And also, keep this in mind. Go to lunch? Get the chop! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, briefly. Uh, Shawshank Redemption 37, The Natural 36, Airplane 32, Rocky Horror Picture Show 29. Jack Lemmon was so great, and even though he's considered, you know, very highly, I, I still think he's underrated. He was great. Scarface 22, Life of Brian 22, Heat 21, Reservoir Dogs 16, 
Joe Dirt 16, the good, the bad, and uh, uh, Alan uh, Brown 14, West Side Story 14, Office Space 13, Sin City 12, Dumb and Dumber 11, Lord of the Rings 10, Goodfellas 9, Die Hard 9, Let It Ride 9, Rounders 9, no, nobody's got 8. Smokey and the Bandit 7, Casino 7, nobody got 8 because uh, Joyce pro forbids it. The Day the Earth Stood Still 7, Roger Rabbit 7, 6 for Little Big Man. The Big Lebowski's up 4, big deal. Pink Floyd to Wall 4, The Exorcist 4, Silence of the Lambs 3, Kane Mutiny 3, Standing in the Shadows of Motown 3, The Karate Kid 3, Spartacus 3, Minority Report 3, 2 from uh, Platoon, Sling Blade, Imaginary Heroes, which still has only two and won't get any more. Too bad. Half-Baked 1, Lethal Weapon 1, and Longest Yard so far has got the big. Oh. Seems to me that we got that one guy, every time we do any kind of movie pool, he always calls in the Longest Yard, and it always comes up with oh. the same number. Even he don't vote for it. Right. Kinda, right? I, I don't get it. Not a little bit bizarre? A little bit. By the way, Hillary Clinton is uh, stuck up to Walmart. You see that story we had on there? No. Yeah, look on our website. I don't, I don't have time uh, for it. Damn it. But here's some more bad news. Walmart plans to open more than 1,500 stores in the USA in the coming years, on top of the nearly 3,200 already operates. That's what they said yesterday. They want one on every street corner across from every new stadium and uh, auditorium. John Menzer, the company's vice chairman head of its domestic Walmart stores division, said Walmart's unscheduled meet and announce target of between 335 and 370 new U.S. store openings this year after 341 last year. <clears throat> that number includes Walmart discount stores, super centers that also have a full grocery section, smaller neighborhood markets, and Sam's Club membership warehouses. Super centers are the largest single group with 1,980 locations in the U.S. and the focus of future growth plans. They want to put everybody out of business. They want to put the grocery people out of business. They want to put the video people out of business. They want to put everybody out of business, right? Right. The super stores that carry everything. Walmart opened 69 new stores and Sam's Clubs in January, a company record for one month. I had no idea that they had anything to do with Sam's Club. Did you? Yes, I did. Well, what have they got to do with Sam's Club? They own it? They are one and the same. They are the same entity. Oh, no. Yes. Thank God I never got a Sam's Club card. Never got one. Neither. Guess why? Walmart. Right. Good guess. Mm-hmm. 5670560, pound 560 in the Verizon and Singular wireless line. WQAM, Hello. Hey, you should definitely have passion of Christ on that, Jesus. Jesus? Yeah, I'm not Yoshki. Jesus Christ. W-2-A-M, hello. Yes, hi. Neil. Yes, sir. Neil, I wanted to put something on the ball. Well, go right ahead. Slap it uh, on her. What's that? I said slap it right on her. What do you got? <laughs> well, I haven't heard you mention it, but how about Ben Hur? Ben Hur. How about Ben Him? Ben Hur. Oh, brother. Yeah, I saw it about 100 years ago. Why do you want to see that? You like them guys dressed up like that? Who doesn't? Okay. Ben, ben Hur, get on it. He's, he's lost. Yeah, ben no sense of humor. Kind of like those uh, Arabs. Oh, there they are. So when you realize that in Islam, uh, pigs are considered dirty and forbidden to eat, the point is what that is the these point, imams bitch? try to do through political manipulation what they couldn't achieve through the uh, democratic exercise of their freedoms in Denmark, mainly sow the seeds of unrest. Well, good. Uh, and they're doing a hell of a job. Like I said, they're doing a hell of a lot better job than the Catholics are doing. Catholics need to go back to some of those days like the Inquisition and the Crusades. Right. 
start making a little bit better offer. And maybe that's why they want to put Michael Jackson on that Pope CD. You know, throw a little Michael Jackson music uh, noise to charge. Hey, listen, let me say it again. Val- Have my junior, honey. And dad likes porn They're two of the dumbest Celebs on the earth But even stupid people Are allowed to give birth For breakfast they'll serve Lucky charms and wine Oh man, I feel bad for baby Fed in life Kevin's a has-been dancer that never was. On his face, there's beach fuzz. Big slob, no job. Mom's a former pop star. So how will she cope? There's no doubt about it, she's a dope. The Simpsons and laugh like two loons. Like they still think it's funny to breathe helium out of balloons. Watching Full House reruns, drinking juice from a box. That's an average day for the loser and the fox. Can't believe they conceived. Oh, that poor little thing. Better hope it gets mom's jeans and a parade can sing. Cause dad's a deadbeat without any spine. Oh man, I feel bad for baby better life. Poor sterilization is the only hope. All of you assume that the baby would turn out to be really beautiful, wouldn't you? Uh, that remains to be seen. Oh. Having a little Swiss cheese now is my lunch. That's fine. Is that fine? No carbs. I mean, that's fine. Zero carbs. A little bit of fat. Not heavy duty, though. No trans fats. Okay? That's all right. Sweden plans to be the world's first oil-free economy. Let's hear it for those Swedes. Oh! Even though they tend to be extraordinarily anti-semantic. Sweden is to take the biggest energy step. I, I hate to be, uh, although you've been doing it. Lately, you guys. Doing what? Talking with food in your mouth. Oh, yeah, what are you going to do? Hey, you started it. Yeah, and I, 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 mean, I started IOD it. days. I remember that memo. Memo about what? About eating while on the air. And yeah, and I told him to drop dead. Didn't I right? tell him to drop dead? That's what you said. Screw you guys. IOD. The hell with you. Sweden is to take the biggest energy step of any advanced Western economy by trying to wean itself off oil completely within 15 years without building a new generation of nuclear power stations. Without. The attempt by the country of 9 million people to become the world's first practically oil-free economy is being planned by a, com- a committee of industrialists, academics, farmers, car makers, civil servants, and others who will report to Parliament in several months. The intention, the Swedish government said yesterday, is to replace all fossil fuels with renewables before climate change destroys economies and growing oil scarcity leads to huge new price rises. 
So maybe they're getting the message, you know. They're right there by, uh, right across the uh, water there from uh, Copenhagen, from Denmark, the Swedes. Maybe they're getting the message, see? Maybe, maybe that's the real reason that the Muslims are invading. It's because the Scandinavian countries are saying, uh, the hell with you guys and your stinking oil. Our dependency on oil should be broken by 2020, said Mona Salin, Minister of Sustainable Development in Sweden. She was probably in some of that early Swedish porn that you used to watch. What do you mean used to? There shall always be better alternatives to oil, which means no house should need oil for heating, and no driver should need to turn solely to gasoline. According to the Energy Committee of the Royal Swedish Academy of Sciences, there is growing concern that global oil supplies are peaking and will shortly dwindle, and that a global economic recession could result from oil prices. Um, Mrs. Salin has described oil dependency as one of the greatest problems facing the world. A S- uh, Sweden free of fossil fuels would give us... A, you're right about eating well on the air. Boy, it's bad. Gary Bruce is right then. Would give it, Screw him. Would give us enormous <laughs> advantages, not least by reducing the impact from fluctuation to oil prices. The price of oil has tripled since 1996, she pointed out. A government official says, we want to be both mentally and technically prepared for a world without oil. Remember that song, Peter and Gordon, A World Without Love? No. Yeah, I do. How about a, uh, Capitol Records, Peter and Gordon? How about A World Without Oil of the same tune? The plan is a response to global co- climate change, rising petroleum prices, and warnings by some experts that the world may soon be running out of oil. How do you like that? There it is. And we will. We'll, we'll lock you away before you sing it again. Okay? Take them to the gun show this weekend. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty in the Verizon Singular wireless line. WQAM, hello. Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, sir. All right. I'm surprised no one has mentioned Star Wars. Hmm. The episode, the one in 1977, episode four. Episode four. Just the one that's called Star Wars. Right. Right, right, right. Just um, if, Star I can, Wars. if I can kind of uh, put my two cents in for, uh, for Shawshank Redemption, mm. uh, the, the, reason, the, reason that movie, uh, do, <laughs> the reason that movie didn't do so well, even though it was rated a very good movie, was right. because of the actual title. And like you're saying, it's just the name Shawshank. Uh, the, you, know, the, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like somebody got a bad, bad piece of meat or something. I just I don't yeah. know. Or like, just, like maybe a bad golf movie. But that, that movie, I came across it when a friend of mine rented it, and, and I was like, oh, all right, I'll see it. And after I saw it, it was such a great movie really? that I actually bought it so that my dad can watch it, and he loved it also, and I have it at home. Now, um, the reason that we keep pushing so much for you to watch it is because we kind of know what kind of taste you have in movies, and really? we know that you will just love this movie. Why, because it's a prison movie? No, no, no. It, it's got a wonderful story in it, and it's got a nice twisting ending, you know, where you think... A twisting well, I don't, oh, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything, but, no. you know, uh, it's got a very nice ending, and it's got a nice cast, and um, it's, nice. Uh, it, 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 it's a little long, so you have to be a little patient, but at the end, you're going to say, You've wow, this is, this is a pretty good movie. Okay. So... I'll put it on my list. And I'll call you when you see it. I'll call you and I'll tell you, hey, you see, I told you. Yes, I told you so. Okay. <laughs> or, or I'll say, gee, you made me waste a lot of money. Well, you, I but can, you, I you have the movie. You have the movie, right? No. But well, I had it. Yeah, well, I had it. Somebody gave it to me years right. ago. Do you think I still got that tape? Did you Forget flush about it down that. the toilet? I flushed it. Oh, oh, I can handle it. I can handle it. It's all right. There's nothing wrong with it. Say goodbye, Pally. Thanks for All right, bye. <laughs> Why you sound so depressed? I told him I'd watch it. Right. No, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just not as good as the people like to say it is. Well, he says he knows my taste in movies, and uh, I, I think I you'll like it. I think you'd like it too. Yeah. 
I don't think and you're going to go I like Schindler's so crazy. too, okay? I think, well, you'll be... There's uh, too many Jews in it, don't you understand? Look, you anti-Semite. I can go to Sunrise it's, Place and see all the Jews I want, okay? I can I, go to Hallandale. Listen, it's about All my Schindler. life I've been surrounded by Jews. can I see a movie that don't have any Jews in it? Get, it's I about why, a Nazi. I think that's why I listen. like this... Uh, uh, huh? It's about a Nazi. There are Jews in the movie, and it has a lot to it's do with them. It's about Bush. I don't want to see but about, about Bush. But Schindler was a Nazi. It's about him. It's his story. Yeah. All right. I don't, why do you think I like imaginary heroes? There's no Jews in it. How do how do you do know? Trust me. I checked it out. Emil Hirsch. Oh, that's right. He might be Jewish. I'm sure well, okay, so you've got some know. homework to do. Find out if he's Jewish, and of course, Yay. the other part of the Germany. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 AM. Religious cults have become a part of history. James Jones, Charles Manson, and David Koresh. And now, the man known as Just Doe. Who is that castrated fellow that we're worshipping? Uh, they call him Doe. Doe? <laughs> He's a powerful speaker. He's very persuasive. I don't even know what that means. Yes, he looks a lot like Buddha. Oh, what a swell guy. He gave me free vodka. <laughs> the guy can burp, he can bop, he can clean his belly light and pick his nose at the same time. He's got to be a god. Oakley, Oakley. <clears throat> this guy's got more followers than Jerry Garcia. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome our fearless leader. What's the leader? What's uh, remember, everyone, before we get on the spaceship, you must be wearing the official shoe of the Sector 7 Gate Cult. That's right. Just do it. Do. Uh, do. <laughs> do. Yes, do. Do. Okay, do. 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 Oh, boy. Do. 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 Yo. Now, you probably know. No. Probably wondering where I Don't. went. Well, there was a knock on the door, and I got my ah. uh, fax paper. I, why, why the hell did they bring it upstairs? Uh, I don't know. It'd be Man. nice, I guess. First of all, it says right on here, leave at the uh, with the concierge, and they didn't do it. That's okay, so now i got a whole bunch of fax paper. Want some? Yeah, please, could you send some down? Okay. I'll save me a trip so to the other side of the breath? building. Uh, I beg your pardon? I don't want to schlep over to the other side of the building. So okay. let's see. we got uh, Blazing Saddles. I, so i got all these movies i got to buy now. Big Lebowski, Shawshank Redemption, Schindler's List, Crash, you're sending me, right? Right. You're crashing it? All the time. Bareback Cowboy, you're sending, right? Yeah, you should have that downstairs right now. Really? Mm -hmm. In fact, you're right, it is downstairs. Because it ain't this thing, this package you got just, uh, isn't that something? Just so you know that, you know that's not out on DVD yet, so the copy that you're getting is a pirated copy. So the quality is well, about... Wait a minute. Like, you're sending me a pirated copy? Yes. So the quality that you're getting is about like VHS. Still uh, fine. You know, just not... You're not sending me an HD quality, so when I get my new HD DVD next month... No, when those come out, I'll pirate... The Cowboys are going to be like really... Uh, I'll pirate one of those when they come out. I see. Anyway, the uh, Cowboys, they're in Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal, between the two of them. Although uh, Josh is big into Jake Gyllenhaal. That's why he liked that Donnie Dar Johnny Dark. I heard there wasn't much between the two of them. Yeah, that's what I heard. They don't measure up. So anyway, let's see. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal was in uh, Donnie, Dar Donnie, oh, Darko. Donnie, uh, Donnie Darko, right? right. Doing a good job. And you, and, you, and you watched half of it. It's a very good movie. Like I said, he dies in the end. Right, that's yeah, all you need to know. Maybe you don't even want to watch. I, I guess I, I, I don't. Huh? I should just, uh, no, you want to watch the rest of it. Just because I told you he croaked in the end, that isn't a big deal. He died just the way he I thought he was going to die. So there's no surprises, right? By the way, Josh, here's your original and the copy I made for you here. 
Well, oh, geez. I don't want to put this on the air, man. They're going to come and drag your ass. If it's not going to be for all them drugs, it's going to be for bootleg coffee. You're, you're in deep crap, What man. about my immigration violation? At least live long enough to have that lunch on Monday. Bye, bye, bye! 